0: did you like that fancy new theme
1: so this is the first time that I've really got to hear it with that great of sound quality because I've been listening to it either on my phone or on my computer um so getting to to hear it with the the fancy new headphones with the fancy new soundboard so good so I, I would like to once again thank Mr. Julian Crowhurst uh who composed that piece for us um back when we had an original different working title than rose-colored reels
0: uh yeah thanks man uh but (laughs) (laughs) boy oh i've never met this guy but i assume he's a he's a stand-up gent
1: he's a stand-up gent um he worked with us at barnes and nobles but i think he left right before you started oh okay yes gotcha
0: well anyway we're coming to you We're this all this beautiful sound that you're hearing right now is coming from a new soundboard it's giving us an npr sound
1: it's really nice, although I'm more aware of my breathing than ever before. Just don't, just don't breathe. Okay.
0: Don't breathe. All right. So we're gonna go through the rest of this probably two and a half hour podcast without Allison breathing. All right. She's dying. She's turning purple. Thumbs up though. She's, <laughs> give, okay, no, she's giving. Okay. Now she's
1: given up. All right. No, I've only given up when I take an inward breath.
0: Oh, okay. So she's not yet given up. She's turning all sorts of colors. And oh, okay, there it goes. Up. Yeah. Sorry,
2: guys. (sighs) Oh, boy. So this
0: is Rose Tinted Reels. And I mean, that sort of mess that you just heard us do, that kind of (laughs) tangent and kind of nonsense, that's our style.
1: It is. We are the tangent twins.
0: So Allison has deemed us.
1: Yes. And uh, for the record, I'm Allison and my co-host and partner in crime.
0: I'm Zachary Duncan. And you can call me Mr. Zachary.
1: Mr. Zachary. They call me Mr. Potato It. Um anyway, so before we really get going on uh this episode, I, I feel as if maybe we should have uh issued a disclaimer uh, at the start.
0: <laughs> before the fourth episode? Be-
1: before the fourth episode, we should have just kind of said it goes without saying uh spoiler warning, um the whole point of this discussion is to really thoroughly analyze and go through the film and uh, zach's enjoyment of the film um so it kind of goes without saying that we are going to discuss the plot of the film so if you don't want it ruined just look at the title because the title of the episode that we're giving is the title of the movie we're watching so if you haven't seen something we say also something say, or, don't necessarily even have to say something, but just watch the film before you listen to the episode. So, or, or when we announce at the end of this episode, what we're watching next week, watch with us. And then
0: (gasps) beautiful idea. That's a wonderful idea.
1: Then also give us some comments on things you, you noticed or picked up. Try not to spoil it for Zach.
0: Uh yeah, don't spoil it for me. Although it'll be hard for them to spoil it because I don't really go on social media that often.
1: It's true. I'm so. I'm kinda gonna be the one who's watching from our uh new fancy Facebook and our new fancy mm-hmm. Instagram.
0: I'll be manning, I guess, the Reddit page. The
1: Reddit and the Twits. Yeah.
0: The it, well, not the Twits. I'm You're... leaving that to fend for itself.
1: <laughs> it's it's gonna be its own entity. <laughs> yeah. Um so Yes, I, I suggest watching the film either with us or... Um, Against us. Well, I was going to say pause and just don't listen to that episode. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. You should always listen to that episode, whatever it is, even if it spoils something for you.
1: It's true. Because maybe that, maybe we are the deciding factor of if you're going to give it a whirl.
0: Well, I was just going to say that loyalty should mean something. So you should just watch every <laughs> or listen to every episode regardless of I how pledge you pledge
1: allegiance to Zach and Allison. Yes. <laughs> The Tangent Twins. The
0: Tangent Twins. Um, and, and, and that's just before we become the Halloweeners.
1: It's true. We we are going to be the weenies of Halloween.
0: Yeah. We, <laughs> we're going to be the, the group. Our our friend group are the Halloweeners. And we're going or, to come together and make you happy. This can I suggest season.
1: maybe Halloweeners?
0: You could suggest that.
1: You're going to ignore it, aren't you? I veto it. <laughs> okay, veto. Um. So with Sleuth, uh, the film that we are going to discuss today, I think it also needs its own very important disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a movie that you really have to hunt for. You can't just easily stumble onto it as it isn't available on streaming platforms um, or for normal channels um, like Prime for digital downloads. Uh, we happen to have a physical copy of the DVD, which made the viewing possible, but... Um, uh, you could probably more easily access the two thousand seven uh, Kenneth Branagh film um, called Sleuth, but we are reviewing the nineteen seventy two original.
0: Indeed, we are. Um, I actually found a copy of it on a shady website, so now we we've we own it illegally. Also, <laughs> we we bought it legally and illegally.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think we found it on an archive website um, streaming, but it's not. It, we, we can, don't understand the veracity of this website.
0: Yeah. So if you want to watch it illegally, do it there at archive.org. Is it, is it and illegal? Search.
1: I mean, I, I don't I don't I'm, know that I'm it's legal. If it
0: is, it's their fault. It's the website's fault. Because I think the website's legitimate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while it's still there, while we're blowing it up right now, uh-huh. uh but while it's still there, please watch it for free.
1: I have a feeling it's something like this that made them pull all of the Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes off of YouTube probably (laughs) (laughs) ruiners.
0: So, uh, but definitely watch it. I think that it's a movie worth having seen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'll say no more about my opinion on it now.
1: Excellent. Well, I, I, I've been dying. So I've been trying to force Zach to watch this movie for the last three years.
0: That's very true because you, (laughs) you you lent me your DVD (laughs) like three years ago or something like that. And it just kind of sat around
1: unwatched, (laughs)
0: unwatched near a sink.
1: It, it looked sadly upon Zach with the little tears in his eyes that Zach has chosen to watch other things or do other things. High
0: quality entertainment I've been after. I didn't know what Sleuth was going to give me. I That's was going true. for a bird in the hand.
1: <laughs> so you're saying that Sleuth is... In a bush. Okay. <laughs> is that where you lost the copy? <laughs> Maybe. <in> bush. <laughs>
0: Accidentally, I was outside with my copy, your copy of Sleuth, and I stretched... And accidentally dropped it in a bush.
1: I just imagine like a seagull came and <laughs> took it out of your hand.
0: <laughs> also a, a, a valid excuse. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'll say.
1: So I think we all want to know, mm. how was your pepper water?
0: Uh, it was good. What are you talking about?
1: So on the last episode, you said um, that you would be partaking in some delicious pepper water. Uh, that's what your mom was texting about during the... Uh, Recording of the last episode.
0: Oh, is that what she had offered to cook? Yes, and she, you were excited about she, it. She didn't.
1: Oh, well, that's heartbreaking. It
0: was a bait and switch. I got there and I ordered sushi for everyone.
1: Well, that was nice of you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so sushi's good too, but I did not have delicious pepper water.
1: And the world will never know what it actually is.
0: You just got to Google it. You know, the, the people out there, they know. <laughs> you know, the food people.
1: So uh, I have some exciting news. Go on. So um, my marriage license uh, request for the state is officially in the mail. I am soon to be a... uh, Wed? Wed, yes. I was going to say... (laughs) Someone said this to me and I found it a little offensive. Um, They're like, oh, you're finally going to be an honest woman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've been living in sin this whole time.
1: You know, had she not been ultra-religious... I probably would have brushed it off as just an old saying, but mm-hmm. because I know that she's super, uh, devout Christian, she meant what she said.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and she was, she was right too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, not something I would ever confront about, but you don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is some questionable um, values.
1: Oh, and, uh, my sister was lovely enough to send me a, um,
0: Oh, congratulations, by the way.
1: Thank you. Well, it's no congratulations are really needed until I get the official notice from the state. But okay. um, my sister sent me a gift for uh, the wedding, um, a grill, which I've named Grillbert. I like it. Uh, he is now sitting on the deck. It was funny. We assembled him last night. Um, you
0: know, the, the author uh, of the cartoon Dilbert is a huge Trump supporter.
1: Well, that's really disappointing.
0: So you might want to rename it if you care about that association.
1: Well, Grilbert is more for Gilbert. Um, Godfrey? Well, it's a family name that we have. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will never name any of my children Gilbert um, Mm. just because there's there's a couple of family names that we have. Um, Genevieve, Swan, Gilbert. That's the end of the list that I'm aware of. Um,
0: (laughs) Two of those names were cool. Gilbert was not one of those.
1: <laughs> sorry for my cousin Bert, my uncle Gilbert, <laughs> my uncle Robert.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry too. I didn't mean to insult so many people in one sentence.
1: Oh um, it's fine. It's you, but Swan Swan is one of the cooler names. I think it's mostly used as a middle name now.
0: I was joking, actually. I think Gilbert is a really beautiful name. No, you don't. And I think you should name your child Gilbert.
1: Well, th- one, there's no child yet. And uh, that actually brings an interesting issue because Mark, my fiance, is actually a Mark Jr. Mm-hmm. His dad is Mark. Oh, I see. My dad is Mark. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> so uh, I think we'd have a Mark Four situation.
0: Yeah, but your father's name is Mark. So would it be a Mark Jr. or a Mark third or fourth or whatever?
1: It'd be think very it, confusing.
0: I, Could I he have more than one? I think it suffix.
1: goes through the um, the father's lineage when it comes to something like that.
0: Well, that's very old-fashioned.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't it be Mark the uh, third. I see. This is where I'm confused. And it'd be very confusing at Christmases and Thanksgiving meals where it's like, "Hey, Mark!" And like five people turn their head.
0: Yeah, but then you just say the suffix. Hey, Mark five.
1: <laughs> Got a Mark five situation. Um. <laughs> So it's yeah, it's well that I would never call my dad Mark. That would feel weird to me. I call so, him dad yeah. or father. Yeah, you or sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually call your father sir?
1: Funny story, yes. Uh, um oh. <laughs> military background family. Um very much raised with saying, Yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, thank you. Um, just following all the, the basics.
0: May I have another?
1: Exactly. Um <laughs> But uh, I used to have uh, a ringtone for my dad, which was uh, the 1812 Overture. Um, and it was because of a Tiny Toons cartoon where it would go, da 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 And all these army guys would go, yes, sir. And so I would try to answer it, yes, sir, in time like it was in the cartoon. It was my own little private joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knew about the joke, not even your dad?
1: My dad did not. My sister did. And she laughed okay. every time.
0: <laughs> but. Anyway, well, do you have any uh, official chits to chat?
1: Well, uh, aside from that, um, which I just went through, no, I'm all chitted out.
0: Because I have at least one apology to make.
1: Oh, please do. Uh,
0: the first apology was not understand or not remembering correctly the Eddie Izzard special we were talking about last week. The oh. one where he was wearing the red jumpsuit and big heels, and he had like the set that looked like the Shame. Death Star. Shame. I'm I am properly shamed. I need a bell. But <laughs> it was glorious.
1: Oh, yeah. It was his yeah. glorious
0: special from 1997.
1: I feel like I should also issue an apology for the same thing. You and should. I didn't bother to correct myself. <laughs>
0: um, and the other apology I have to make is uh, my uh, stance on classic rock.
1: <laughs> did uh, justice come swiftly or did you do more research? Oh,
0: no, I didn't do more research. Heck no, but um, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to clarify my position. I didn't mean to say that it's better or worse than newer rock or metal. And of course, that's a subjective thing that everyone can kind of make up uh, their opinions for themselves. Uh, only that mine is valid, also, just as everyone else's in the world is valid. <laughs> that older rock is better. Well, I understand that I stand alone on an island.
1: Well, there's one thing that I think you might appreciate um, about Skinner specifically, which is Cannard. most of his
2: <laughs> sorry
1: most of his uh, the the lyrics um, are attributed to Tolkien.
0: I have heard that they have some lyrics attributed to Tolkien. Yes.
1: Um like Gollum and Mordor. And I'm not parties.
0: saying these weren't good fellas. Great fellas. You know, they like Tolkien. We would we could there, have gotten along. There, as there long as they some, didn't sing.
1: There there's great people on both sides. Exactly.
0: <laughs> New metal, old metal. There's good people everywhere. Just the people in the old metal need to not sing. Look, I'm digging myself further into a hole here.
1: It started (laughs) as an apology and ended with worse.
0: (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. It's not that it's bad. It's just not heavy. That's my position.
1: That's really heavy, man. It's not. Really heavy.
0: It's (laughs) not heavy rock. It's not heavy metal. That's my position. Whether it's good or not, I I am on one side of a spectrum here. (laughs) Alone, perhaps.
1: Alone on your Zachary Island.
0: But uh, that's how I feel. So
1: that's a non-apology.
0: <laughs> so deal with it. <laughs> that's just my thoughts on that.
1: And he went, yeah, That's my view. I'm on the microphone. Stop I put me. my thumb
0: on my nose and wiggled my fingers.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. That's what you did. Anyway. Um, so in exciting news, we have our very first review.
0: You told me that before we got on the podcast and I'm endlessly excited. Before you read that. I want to give a little bit of hemming and hawing, a little bit of throat clearing about our comments and review system. Go on. So about the comments. Mm -hmm. First of all, you can find us on the Facebook, the Twitters, the Instas, at at Rose Tinted Reels. On Reddit at r slash Rose Tinted Reels. So we'll read all comments and on the social platforms here Mm -hmm. in this section, Act Mm 2. About reviews, leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and we will read it on here no matter what it says we will read every single one not not a four-star review not a four and a half star review but a five-star review we will read here and it can be as negative as you want this is where i think the protests should come
1: <laughs> in five <star> reviews. <laughs> yes
0: if you hate this show write a five-star review okay. and we will read it okay no matter how negative no matter how much you make fun of my voice or oral tics
1: so does that mean that four below, no matter how great what they're saying no is? No matter how or, glowing,
0: we will not read it. Okay. It must be a five-star review.
1: So this is our commitment to you. So this, this if person. If you want to be read, rate a five, no matter if you hate us. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. So this person that reviewed us, mm-hmm. was it a five-star review?
1: Well, it was a oral review said to me versus uh, oh, through a platform. Since
0: it's the first one, I think we can let it squeak by.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, tell tell whoever this was to leave an official one on Apple Podcasts five stars please.
1: All right. Well, Sarah from Eugene, um, what she said, and I'm just going to break our rule for this one episode only. Okay. She says it's very funny, and the audio quality is great.
0: Well, it wasn't in previous episodes, but it certainly is now. I think you'll agree. We've yeah. got we've both got big bottoms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's a,
0: well, it's an audio term. It's oh. an
1: audio term that I don't understand, so I'm just laughing because I'm four, and we said the word bottom.
0: Bottom. <laughs> We've both got big <laughs> bottoms. Yeah, the, I got a new soundboard, and it applies a bunch of very uh, professional-sounding filters on our voices.
1: Yes. So uh, Sarah is great people. Uh, if you're interested in some crafty nerd jewelry made lovingly by hand, do check out her Etsy shop, The Gnome Wife.
0: Oh, boy. So this is also the the section of the podcast where we advertise for other people Well, yeah, who there have was, per, perhaps more successful businesses than ours?
1: There was no product placement in Sleuth.
0: Oh, so you had <laughs> to get it out beforehand?
1: <laughs> I, I had to find something to market.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Until we get some uh, sponsors.
0: Uh, all right. Well, uh, so that's all I had to say about listener comments and reviews. Was that the only one we had?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So... There you have it. Leave a five-star review and we will read it no matter what it says.
1: Mm. And? So if there is a slur or bad word or something mean, I will not say it. So that will be Zach reading it. Oh, okay. So uh, it, there's been words where you've challenged and tried to get me to say them on air and I haven't.
0: Uh, just for academic purposes.
1: Yeah. Well I'm just saying if one a comment is left or they use one of those words, I, I probably will not read that or I will modify the word to be a single letter.
0: Look, if you if the review is discussing a word that people find offensive, mm-hmm. I'm fine saying it. If they're just plain being offensive using <laughs> words, I'm not gonna read that. That's ridiculous.
1: Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to add maybe
0: But our listeners would never do that. No, because they're good people. You guys are good people. They're
1: excellent. They're the best fans. And
0: none of you are Nazis. And you. Okay.
1: Specifically you. Yes, I'm talking to you, the one listening right now. Yeah. We love you.
0: Only if you're not a Nazi.
1: Yes. Only if you're not a Nazi.
0: What if you are a Nazi?
1: I'd prefer you not to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, also, um, I, I'm just hoping that we eventually get a broader group of fans so we can start announcing names. Like instead of just Sarah from Eugene, we can have a bigger list. Agreed. Yes.
0: Um, and I also would uh, at some point we should open up a, uh, a Patreon mm-hmm. and have our Patreons vote on the next movie that we uh, do on our podcast for the next episode.
1: If that's something you're interested in, do leave a message on our Facebook or Instagram.
0: Or Twitter. Or Twitter. Or Reddit. But nobody's listening on Twitter. That, that account exists, but apparently you're not manning it and <laughs> neither am I.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about sleuth.
0: All right. So I've got some movie trivia. If you've got some, we can duel.
1: I got some. Um, I'm just going to start with simple trivia, which is it was directed by Joseph L. Minkowitz and was starring Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine.
0: Michael Caine.
1: I promise that I will not do a bad Michael Caine impression the entire time.
0: Well, I don't believe that. But uh, also, I can't say his name without doing it in a Michael Caine. Michael Caine. (laughs) It's going to be bad. Like I'm not saying it's going to be a good one, but I'm going to do it.
1: And he sounds very nasally indeed. (laughs) (laughs) And he sounds very nasally indeed. Um,
0: Until he got to Batman, and then his voice from all the cigars and brandy (laughs) came very down. And he's like, I cannot bury another Wayne.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The screenplay was written by Mr. Anthony Schaefer and based on his 1970 Tony Award winning play, um, and both Olivier and Kane were nominated for Academy Awards for their performances,
0: both for lead and bleed actor. And that only happens very infrequently.
1: Yeah. It was seldom. Yeah. Seldom. I think
0: there was a, just a handful of times that it ever happened.
1: Yeah.
0: No, So that was very interesting. Uh, I have a piece of trivia that I, maybe I'll just save for when we're actually watching it because it's, uh, it, it's relevant to a moment in the movie. Okay. Um,
1: do you want to jump in with a different bit?
0: Yes. I'm looking over my trivias.
1: This is the part of the podcast where we enjoy listening to someone read. <laughs> Don't make fun of me.
0: The photo that replaces the one that was shot by Olivier uh was a photo of Agatha Christie.
1: Ooh, that's fascinating.
0: Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so a Lawrence Olivier fact. Mhm is even with his noble title he refused to carry on a conversation with anyone who would not address him as larry
0: larry i knew that yeah actually uh michael kane asked him what should i call you and he said
1: uh, i got that quote in my <laughs> i think were,
0: were we reading from the same trivialist
1: maybe i don't know
0: were you on imdb uh no oh well i got mine from imdb gotcha so anyway yeah uh, michael Caine. Uh, asked him what he should uh, be called. And he said, my title is Lord whatever. And he's like, but that's only for the first time you address me. After that, call me Larry.
2: Mm.
0: Which I thought was rather sweet. Uh, But also in Michael Caine's uh, biography, he says that Laurence Olivier could not at first remember his lines.
1: Oh, I got that one too.
0: (laughs) Oh, there you go. Uh, He was a great stage actor who could initially remember three hours of lines in a play. Uh, But because he was taking these pills to help him calm calm down after he learned that a theater of his, which he'd put a lot of money and effort uh, for many years, had been closed down. Uh, But Olivier eventually stopped taking those pills and the memory issues stopped. But he was having a lot of issues during the filming of the movie.
1: You know, I I feel sorry for him being, you know, losing his memory like that for someone who is a classical actor like him. Your memory is very important. So it's uh, I'm glad he was able to recover.
0: Well, absolutely. And also there's just an issue of pride, Mm. you know, when you're such a renowned actor and you can't remember, you know, I won't say simple lines, but they were just lines to a movie. He only has to do a scene, you know, in Mm -hmm. a day and instead of an entire play. And if you have trouble remembering that, that's got to take a hit to your ego.
1: Well, that, that leads into one of my trivias, which is that while performing a live production of Hamlet, he completely blanked during the to be or not to be soliloquy. And so he just sat down until he remembered the lines. He sat on the stage until he remembered.
0: Well, that could have been a nice dramatic pause and that could have been interpreted that way depending on how long that lasted.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't find any anything that told us how long he just sat there. <laughs> but in my head, I was hoping, I'm like... Please let it would have been like half an hour or something really Yeah, I know.
0: I'm one. Yeah, I really wonder if he played it off well. Mm-hmm. And, he, <laughs> and he was like, to be or. Oh. And he just withdraws into himself and sits there and contemplates dramatically. Or if he was just like, no shit. And <laughs> well, sat down at the edge of the stage, dangling his legs, swinging them.
1: He somehow went cockney. Well, heck. <laughs> well, heck it. Yeah. Well, that's not cockney, that's just country. <laughs>
0: Well, heck it, boys. I guess I forgot my lines. I'm just going to sit here and contemplate for a while until I remember them. I hope you guys can just sit there comfortably. Nobody get up. It'll throw me off my stroke. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I didn't very much enjoy to watch that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, he did do an, uh, an American accent in the movie, so he can, he can do it. He, he, can pull he it tried
1: off. his own gangster. You accent. know what? What
0: can't this man do? uh my the last thing i have was is kind of something inconsequential just uh, to throw people off plot twists they had listed fake actors in the credits and yes. they released misleading publicity
1: yes uh they uh specifically uh detective doppler was credited to what they were calling a known stage actor alec um oh yeah, yeah. yeah
0: i clicked on the, the links by the mm-hmm. way and it just didn't go anywhere
1: Gotcha. <laughs> Um, so, fun Lawrence Olivier quote. Um, we've alluded to this before, um, which is Olivier is a classical actor who has uh, contempt for the method acting. Um, yeah. Playing opposite Justin uh, Hoffman in Marathon Man, um, they had a conversation, which was, uh, How did your week go, dear boy? Uh, Olivier said. Hoffman told him that he had filmed a scene in which his character was supposed to have been up for three days. And Olivier says, so what did you do? Hoffman says, well, I stayed up for three days and three nights. And Laurence Olivier said the famous line, why don't you just try acting?
0: Yep. And that's actually something I think I mentioned in the first episode we did in the breakfast club episode that my uh, grandfather was a uh, theater teacher and he has directed and written plays all over the world in Taiwan and certainly here in England, just kind of all over. Um, no, I don't know how renowned he was, but he, he was certainly doing it. He in, was in, nouned. He was nouned. <laughs> uh, but he had the same sentiment. He, he thought that method acting is kind of, it's not real acting. Mm-hmm. And has some kind of contempt for it.
1: Um, Roger Ebert said, uh, the play uh, makes a remarkably easy transition to the screen because of the director. Um, and their willingness to respect um, the timing and dialogue instead of trying to jazz it up cinematically. And despite the fact that the most of the movie takes place indoors, we never get a sense of visual limitations because of Ken Adams' set design gives us such a incredible multitude of things to look at and through within the mansion. Um, I thought that was a really interesting quote from Roger Eber, you know, when the film originally came out. Um, you really aren't visually bored with what's going on in the house. There's so much to look for and to distract.
0: Yes, and actually, I've got a similar thought about the uh, the characters in the movie, the way that they uh, portrayed the the different like characters that Michael Caine was playing, mm-hmm. and the way they spoke about the the female characters, which we never saw or anything. We we only ever see two people in the film, two actors in the film, and yet I feel like. I knew all these other characters. Mm -hmm. It felt like there was a full cast after I finished the movie. I felt like I had seen a movie with a full cast of people. And then I had to think back like, no, we never saw her. we never saw her. we never even heard her. Uh, These other guys didn't really exist. They were just Michael Caine. Mm -hmm. It was, it was interesting to kind of decompress and, and realize that I had had a feeling of seeing a movie with a full cast, Mm -hmm. but that's just uh, the credit to the actors and the director. I think.
1: Absolutely. Um, So we did a bunch of uh, Laurence Olivier facts. Did you know that Michael Caine served in two wars Um, during the 1950s? Young men in the UK were expected to perform a national service in the military. Caine was no exception and fought in two conflicts. First, he served in the British Army's Royal of Fusiliers in Germany. Afterwards, he served in the British Army during the Korean War, an experience that haunts him to this present day. I had no idea. I also didn't know that that was required for um, British youths um, in the 50s.
0: Well, was it a uh, a mandate kind of like the draft was in the U.S. during the Vietnam War?
1: I think it had, uh, it's more, I, I've seen this, I think, in Korea where it's expected that um, men between a certain age did a tour in the military in case they're ever called to service. Mm. So they, they go through training and...
0: Just to get that kind of... Background. Yeah. 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 No, that's interesting. No, I didn't know that. Um, how old was he when he first started getting into movies? I wonder. That. Cause I listened to an interview with him the other day and he was saying that, uh, when he started, he did dozens of movies for which he only had like one line. He would come in and be a butler and say, here's your, you know, jackets and things like that.
1: His, uh, first film, um, was a film called a hill in Korea in 1955.
0: And when was he born?
1: 33.
0: Dang, man. That guy's seen a lot. Yeah. Now, speaking of the civil rights movement, I mean, it's just crazy to me that someone as old, just as old as Michael Caine is, has seen how many civil rights movements happen globally.
1: Absolutely. And um, you know, what's also interesting is he has the Leonardo DiCaprio curse.
0: Of never having won a... Uh, an, well, but Leonardo yeah. doesn't even have that anymore.
1: Well, right. But he was it's. Cured. Uh, Kane, for as many movies as he's been in, has only been nominated for six Academy Awards. I, I shouldn't say only, that's still quite an achievement. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's only won uh, for two.
0: But you have to think of the ratio. He's done like 170 movies. To mm-hmm. have only been nominated for six of those is not a good ratio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, he was nominated for uh, Alfie. Alfie a film that no actor actually wanted to touch. They were scared of touching that film. Why? Um The the content. Have you not seen Alfie?
0: What a question. Of course I haven't.
1: Okay, so that, that may get on our list so you can see if it's as controversial as you think. You should not look it up.
0: Alfie. 2004. <laughs> Is this valid? I don't think we can watch a movie that's that new.
1: No, there's an original Alfie. That, oh, 66. Yeah. Um, so there's Alfie a Sleuth, Educating Rita, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Cider House Rules, and The Quiet American. Um, he took home the awards for Hannah and Her Sisters and The Cider House Rules. So he still, I guess, technically has a better average than... uh.
0: Wait, wait, than, you said he did actually win some?
1: He won two awards, for Cider House Rules ah. and for Hannah and Her Sisters. So Leo... Um,
0: yeah, Leo he, had to wait longer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, also, we like to think that Michael Caine is somehow posh. He's actually Cockney. Uh, oh, oh, so yeah. I always assumed sort of this poshness about him, but I, I didn't take into account. I was like, his accent isn't posh.
0: Yeah, I, well, no, yeah, I've always known that he was Cockney. I mean, I, I have a good uh, register, I think, for English accents. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, maybe he, maybe you thought that because he played a butler, and butlers are traditionally posh people, mm-hmm. posh-ish. Poshish. Poshish.
1: That's a hard word to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I would like to do a language disclaimer. Um, I thought it was beneficial to note um, the movie's continued use of the word WAP. Oh, you'll say that? Um, well, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I actually had to look into it and research its meaning. I understood it to be derogatory. Um and so, you know, I I don't think either of us wish to offend or, or wash our hands of the nasty bits of films. Um, we're mm-hmm. here to discuss them kind of openly. Um, so I thought it would be good for me to identify what that word meant um, and how it was used.
0: Uh, surely, yeah, that in uh, Dago.
1: No, oh, that that I did not look up to because. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a slur either because it wasn't, I think, used as a slur. But um, so the the WAP, uh, it is misidentified as without papers. That is not correct. Um, It actually is a modified word of the Italian word um, guapo um, which could be used to mean stud or dude um, or a dandy. Um, It is used to Uh, identify in a non-honorific way of someone playing the trope of a Latin lover.
0: Uh, Yeah, and Dago is similar. Dago is an an ethnic slur referring to Italians and people of Italian origin or ethnicity and sometimes Spaniards and Portuguese. Mm.
2: So
0: So he he says that about the wine. He says Dago wine, especially referring to the blood. He said it might have been uh, Dago wine.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I hadn't picked that up as a... See, something I like about this movie is every time I watch it, I pick up something a little bit new.
0: New slurs. They also say darky.
1: I didn't pick that up at all. Yeah. Like, I... I
0: when he was rummaging around in the coal at the end of the movie.
1: Oh. So, other bit of trivia. Jolly Jack, um, one of the characters in the film, or I should say a robot in the Oh, movie. okay.
0: So, I think this is what I was saving for the movie. Is oh. Because it, it is... Who? Olivia's voice. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. Oh, no, that's fine.
1: Um, in the film, there's two London street signs um, that you can see in the cellar, um, and there are references to um, Baker Street. Well, well, it's not a reference. It says Baker Street, which is attributed to, of course, Sherlock Holmes. And then there was also Burner Street, which is the real-life scene of one of the Jack the Ripper murders. Yeah,
0: that one I hadn't caught, so that, that's interesting.
1: Um, there's an Easter egg of sleuth in the new film Knives Out, Blanc's character is introduced in the film after having solved a case uh, involving a tennis player. But the case is uh, never explained in the film. Um, The director um, revealed that Blanc is actually a nod to the movie Sleuth um, and at the beginning of Sleuth, where the Olivier character is dictating um, a novel, Death by Double Faults. And he's uh, describing how the killer... Paced along the lines of the tennis court and threw the body out into the clay uh, to cover his tracks.
0: Interesting.
1: And then uh, we just touched on Alex Cawthorn not being a real actor. <laughs> it was it was all <laughs> fakey-fake.
0: Yeah, I did like the lengths that they went through to make sure that everyone was surprised by this. And also they said that there was a, um, this is trivia that I read that I didn't write down. Um, they had a, line a runner throughout the entire play when this was originally a play um at the end of every act or at the end of every twist they would say game and then set and then match
1: oh i hadn't heard that that's
0: and the, yeah and so they didn't include that in the movie because they didn't think a movie going audience would understand
1: yeah well it's this movie uh, more than i would say other movies is clearly a three act performance I, I think it clearly shifts um, in three places. And I've I've identified in my uh, timestamps where where I think they're
0: That's interesting. I had five. Oh, okay. Challenge.
1: Challenge. <laughs> okay. So so Zach, what was so great about the year nineteen seventy two?
0: Boy, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Not well, a lot of interesting people were born. You know, you had your Billy Joe Armstrong, you had your Notorious B.I.G., your M and M's, your Wayne Brady's, Ben Affleck, Cameron Diaz, and Dwayne the Tooth Fairy Johnson.
1: Really, I had no idea they were all the same age.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, because I I don't know. There's a maturity about uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson that I feel like maybe Eminem doesn't <laughs> show.
0: I'm sorry, you think that Eminem is not mature? Have you even listened to the song, Kim? Yeah. <laughs> that's the most mature song I've ever heard.
1: Graphically that, mature, that maybe. That
0: is a man who understands his emotions and knows how to deal with them.
1: By kidnapping people? Okay, are you Deadpool? kidnapper? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah,
0: kidnaps her, duct tapes her, and throws, throws her in, into a water. Yeah, no. that's that's the most mature response to a breakup.
1: Well, uh, the Watergate scandal also took place in 1972. That's as interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, the first ever Star Trek convention took place in New York City's Statler Hilton Hotel.
1: Oh, have you ever seen the pictures of the cosplay from there? Because people did try to cosplay for that.
0: I did not see any pictures, no.
1: I'll have to show you them. There's some very interesting early convention cosplays. I The, the quality is phenomenal.
0: When did the first season of the original series come out?
1: You're the Star Trek fan.
0: Not for original series, though. Oh. Let me look it up.
1: While he's looking it up, I will also say that um, in 1972, Intel invented the single chip microprocessor.
0: Uh, the single chip microprocessor in 72? hmm Wow.
1: Yep. That's according to my research.
0: Um, ooh, ooh. Well, uh, on the same <laughs> note, I have uh, the Pong released. Oh. Pong released. How cool is that? We're not going to be able to say that on every episode, but Pong released this year. Uh, Crazy.
1: That is pretty cool. There was also a um, UK miners' strike over pay not being considered or adjusted to similar wages for other industrial workers. Um, it was the first strike of its kind in the UK since 1926. Uh, in n-
0: 1969 is when the original Star Trek series started. So they had a few years.
1: To build yeah. yeah.
0: up uh, uh, yeah, a fan base. But having not seen a lot of original series... I was under the impression that the Klingons looked uh, like people. They didn't have any special makeup on.
1: Oh, okay. I, I'm i not as familiar with... I, I've seen Next Gen or some parts of Next Gen. I haven't seen all of it.
0: That's the one worth watching. Yeah. Uh, I'm just alienating, alienating everybody, <laughs> including Star Trek fans.
1: Well, I will say that <laughs> I really kidding. adore uh, Leonard Nimoy
0: no i I've actually started uh watching from the beginning the original series, and I'm liking it so far
1: yeah I like Nimoy and Takai.
0: I haven't I've, gotten I've heard to an...
1: pronounced both ways, so please don't at me for that
0: Take is correct takai I think means expensive huh. that's uh, according to him that's what he said
1: oh okay well i'll I'll take it from his words and
0: and he said he's fine with t- uh Takai because he is also expensive. <laughs>
1: I love stuff like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I haven't seen an episode that features him very highly yet, so I can't say that I, I like him in the show yet. Gotcha. Because I don't quite know. Um, but uh, also this year, The Godfather released.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was what won in place of Sleuth in was, the Academy Awards.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, what an unfortunate year to release a drama. Briefly, <laughs> <Frequently, laughs> though. When you're going up against The Godfather.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it really was a uh, an interesting... Oh, I feel so bad. It's like that year was giants of film.
0: Mm-hmm. But apparently Olivier liked uh, Marlon Brando quite a lot. He said that he had, he f- uh, flirted with him or vice versa. Mar- uh, Brando flirted with him and he said he loved it.
1: <laughs> I not heard that. That's a
0: true. <laughs> apparently he liked him a lot. Huh. Um, so I think that's all I had going on in 1972.
1: Well... I think that's about time for us to move into our act five, which is our movie analysis.
0: Let us mosey on over. So would you remind viewers what your nostalgia rating was?
1: So I can't remember now if I said a perfect 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10. I believe I said a 9 out of 10. But the reason I suggested this so highly is because of my firm belief that you, Mr. Zachary. That's my name. Would love it. Well, because it, it reminds me of all things that I know you to enjoy.
0: Well, we'll find out, won't we? We will. So we're gonna assume that your nostalgia rating for this was originally a nine. Yes. All right. So let's go into the movie. Uh, what is your first uh,
1: timestamp? Mine is minute six fifty-two. All right. Here
3: we go. Is Mary solution? Hello.
1: All right,
0: so you get are Michael you Michael Kane is right outside of the, uh, the bushes here.
1: Yes, um, Wyke, the um, character played by Laurence Olivier, um, we are seeing an expanse of a garden hedge maze, and he is at the center of it recording his latest novel. Andrew Wyke, um, we are learning, is an esteemed author, of mystery franchises that he touts to be um for the more discerning and wealthy knowledgeable reader not for the everyday man
0: the thing that i wanted to point out here is just a simple moment of acting from laurence Olivier so when Michael Kane Michael Caine uh shouts at him and uh, he, he goes to reply uh in curiosity as to who this is calling on him he knows who it is at this ungodly hour he does but watch the little flick of his face when he smiles and then pulls it back in looks at his watch
4: Mr. White?
0: smile and then sniffs it back up he goes he, he there was a quick smile and then who's there <laughs>
1: well you know that this is kind of the same thing that I was gonna get out for my clip time mark which is this is the first time that we see the kind of horrible playful way that Andrew Wyke is. He almost has this classic Riddler way about him, you know, his love of games. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's an interesting analogy. I hadn't thought of it in terms of like a a Batman villain, but that is, yeah, that's good.
1: Everything is Batman villains.
0: (laughs) Speaking of, are you going to see the new, uh, Robert Pattinson Batman?
1: Oh, Robert Pattinson. We hope you get well soon. I heard he was recently, Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Yeah. COVID positive. Um, so I, here's hoping to your health. Um, but yes, I I I see all of the, the Batman movies. Um, I haven't been as good at going to the theater as I normally was. So, for instance, I didn't get to see Joker, until um it released on HBO. Uh
0: oh! So you did see that eventually. eventually. What were your thoughts?
1: Well, we could have a whole <laughs> secondary discussion on that, but it it made me feel very sad for humanity because I could see how easily someone would slip through the cracks with our current mental health, um, system, um, in yeah. place in, in different charitable works. And, um, it, it's truly unfortunate, but I could, it, it was so effective because I could see it actually happening.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean that it, to me, it rang true as a, uh, a kind of visualization of how a person who is not well could be made into a school shooter or something extreme in our reality. It seemed like a very realistic portrayal of someone who is in an unfortunate situation and nobody can help.
1: Yeah. It, it, to me, it rang very much like, um, taxi driver with Robert De Niro, which I know you have to see. I haven't seen it. Um, so when we circle back, to watching Taxi Driver, eventually, I'm gonna love to hear your thoughts correlating it with Joker.
0: Okay. So, uh, but having seen, have you seen the uh, the trailer for the new Robert Pattinson Batman? Yes, I have. And mm-hmm. uh, are you excited by that, or do you think it looks good, bad?
1: I'm curious to see what it does. Um, I there's just so many iterations of Batman that have been happening. I am very curious about its setting. Um, they're Catwoman. I like that. There, it, it seems to be kind of a starting of Catwoman where she's not so posh.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Um, Selena Kyle has different origin stories, so I'm curious which one this kind of falls in line with.
0: So Catwoman does, even in the comics, have different origins. W- ones where she's posh and not posh.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Well, she always ends up kind of posh, <laughs> but uh. it's she doesn't always start there.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. Um, well, I'm excited for it. I I uh, I didn't see any of the Batfleck ones.
1: So no, Justice League.
0: I saw Justice League. Because r- that was see. the only
1: uh, Justice League, and um,
0: thought, wasn't there another one, Batman versus Superman? I haven't seen that.
1: Well, yeah, the, I think those are Batfleck isn't getting his own.
0: Oh, I thought he had his own. Well, anyway, I didn't see a Batman versus Superman. I did see Justice League, and he was just one of of. Uh, many a panoply
1: yeah yeah. Eh.
0: I wasn't very thrilled about him yeah although he did bulk up for it
1: i don't think he was the problem with those films but we're we're getting off of Sleutharty and gentile twin <laughs>
0: i suppose so what well, uh did you ha- have any more you needed to see in this vicinity
1: no just the kind of y- you really kind of see he's H- a mastermind a and so, um, my, my next one is not until minute mark 1129,
0: 1129,
1: but just the, his laugh and his giddy schoolboy, boy, like,
0: he, yeah. What did you think about that?
1: Oh, like I already dislike him. <laughs> I, I don't know that he's supposed to be dislikable here, but like part of me was like, uh see I, you rich guy.
0: <laughs> I thought that was adorable. <laughs> I loved it. (laughs) So you said uh, minute 11 what?
1: Uh, 11.29. So this is where we first get the the truth of why uh, Tyndall, Milo Tyndall, played by Michael Caine, was invited. Fellow,
3: I understand you want to marry my wife.
1: So this is a a question that I had. Is it about harpsichords?
0: No, 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 no. Of course not. I love harpsichords. (laughs) My question is, what was the pretext for Michael Caine coming here. So I think in a bit you hear that, or maybe it was before this, you hear that uh, Andrew left a note in his letterbox,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in Michael Caine's letterbox.
1: Inviting him to come over.
0: And what was the pretext?
1: It was just to, I would like to discuss a matter with you. So weird. Well, and you know, I, I'm sure that White and Tyndall Knew of each other.
0: Right, yeah. Okay, so it was, a, presumably it had his name on it. Like, I want to discuss some stuff with you. I'm the man that you're cuckolding at the moment. I have a I have a proposition for you. Please, it's nothing cynical. I don't want to do anything to you. Just come by and I'll we'll
1: talk. We'll discuss a matter. Yes. yes. I
0: don't know, That's that seemed kind of odd.
1: I mean, th- this is also, I feel like, Tyndall probably had the thought that this is a, Gentleman, like, I I don't think he thought of anything nefarious coming out of this. I think probably just a confrontation knowing that um, later, you know, it's alluded to the fact that they had PIs trailing um, Mm White, to use as collateral in case he refused to allow the divorce.
0: Okay. So I guess the implication is that they've already were in a context where uh, Milo knew that Andrew wanted to be divorced. Mm Mm-hmm. And Andrew knew that Milo knew he knew. Yes. Right. (laughs) All right. uh, So I guess that answers my question, I guess. So when he left the note in his uh, letterbox, he he already knew that this is something like what he wanted to talk about.
1: Right. Uh, There was, I I think, an implication of context knowing about each other's um, similar wants.
0: Right. Okay. So let's get his response here.
3: Forgive me raising the matter, but as Marguerite is away for a few days in the north visiting relatives, I thought this might be an appropriate moment for you and me to have a little chat. I see. Well, uh, is it true?
4: Yes, with your permission, of course.
0: Okay, so is it true? Meaning that they, at least what he wants uh, Milo to think is that he doesn't know yet.
1: For certain, he wants him to to say the words.
0: So I wonder how how they knew so much about what the other one knew. I guess I mean that PIs. I don't know. It, it seems a little yeah. muddy here.
3: You seem to be a personable enough young man, nicely spoken, neatly dressed in brand new country gentleman's clothing. i
0: say I like that as a dig. <laughs> brand new country gentleman's uh, as as if you haven't been a country gentleman. You, you didn't come from money. You New just were, you went out and bought this. This is basically a costume you're wearing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he really wants to put Milo in his place. Now, yeah. uh, something interesting, you see on the mantle there, um, the Edgar Allan Poe Award. Yeah. That is actually a real Edgar Allan Poe Award that was given to the author of the play.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't come across that fact.
1: Okay. My next one is 1640, which I just want to laugh about as... Uh, the strange penis showing game.
3: A tear, do you? Marguerite and I have no secrets from each other. <laughs> Not even mine,
0: it's Not easy. even mine.
3: Tear is a Karelian goddess. Her golden hair smells of pine and her cobalt eyes are the secret forest pools of Finlandia. <laughs> I hear that she's a well scrubbed blonde with all the sex appeal of a secondhand jeep. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it from me. Is he just
0: making that up, or did he actually hear rumors that she was bad in bed?
1: I, with all the appeal of a secondhand Jeep. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, crazy. <laughs> I think it was a dig at her appearance.
0: Uh, but not not, has not he, her ha- prowess. <laughs> has has he seen her?
1: I know. Or is he P- just being His an ass. PIs have oh, okay. Because remember, he had white tailed.
0: Right, and so his PIs are reporting back the. <laughs> She the has loveliness.
1: All the <laughs>
0: <laughs> His PIs have a lot of uh, uh, poetic ability.
1: If I hire a PI, I want them to have such a such strong verbiage. <laughs> <laughs> she
3: takes a bit of keeping up with. It's a good thing I am pretty much of an Olympic sexual athlete. That's crazy. Yes, I <laughs> That's,
0: even, even I, like, how is that a gentlemanly thing to say?
1: Oh, it's, this was yeah. the weirdest it, Like,
0: I am something of an Olympic sexual athlete.
1: Oh, just the, the next couple lines, it's just like the, the volley that they're having is so <laughs> bizarre.
3: Maybe more on the sprints than on the long distance stuff. <laughs> Not so, dear boy. I'm in the pink of condition. I in the pink of condition.
0: That's a very old-fashioned. I fashioned. Could copulate for, for England. England. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems so odd. It doesn't seem like he's saying things with innuendo. He's just kind of being crass.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. He's like, try to take my manhood away. I'll show you. At any
0: distance. Red. Red. Well. So there's a uh, goof up here. Can he um, hit a blue ball? When he's going no, that's he's calling the next ball he's gonna hit. Oh. Uh, but when he goes for black, I believe, pink is still on the board, and then the camera cuts and then pink is gone. In the
4: Olympics, it's not the winning, it's the taking part that counts. Are you going to marry her? Oh no, no, no. I, I just want to live with that. So
3: what's stopping you? Basically, the firm of Prurient and Pry Limited, whom you and Marguerite have seen fit to employ, you are so innocent. Those nicotine stained private detectives who've been camping outside Tayers' flat for the last week. It
4: was an insurance policy to keep you from changing your mind about the divorce. How did you know I wasn't having you, what? Why not? Afraid of what you might find out? Or didn't you think
3: that was possible? Now, don't start doing a fertility dance, of
2: course. I <laughs> don't you
0: start doing that. Just because I've been doing it for a while doesn't mean that you can join in.
1: Yeah, and now he's about to lay upon the pool table.
0: <laughs> in a very seductive manner.
2: Like crazed weasels,
3: but why should I pay good money? To
1: have something We've got pink, whatever that
0: wrong. is, green, and black.
3: black. Blue. What was this one? Why blue. didn't you do
1: blue.
4: something about
3: it? Well, of course, oh, I blue. had to assure okay. myself that you and Margaret Zach were going yeah. You see, I want to lose the dear girl for life. Not just a two-week perm um, set and
1: touch. So um, something that we did not address is that uh, Tyndall owns two beauty parlors in England. One in London and then, uh, I did forget the location, of, I think, Essex or Sussex?
0: Yeah, whichever one is about to turn a profit.
1: Yes. Um, so that that is an important part of the discussion is that that's why he's talking about hair and like permanent uh, he doesn't want a quick hair salon timeline of a relationship he wants marguerite gone forever
0: yeah and actually i think my next time stamp oh okay no never mind it's a little bit later in the movie when he's dressing up like a clown um he makes a brief reference to the fact that he has uh friends in show business who mm-hmm. made it in show business and i think that was a good thing i didn't catch that I mean, I might've heard it the first time we watched, but I didn't really care that he said that. Mm-hmm. And then it matters later in the movie, uh, when he dresses up as y- your fella.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next one is at minute 18, um, which is an interesting scene because Milo, you know, started a little confrontational, um, but then becomes, uh, empathetic. He shows a vulnerability to Wike and, uh, to me, that was an interesting play.
0: You think he showed vulner, uh, Milo showed vulnerability to wake
1: at minute mark eighteen.
0: All right, let's go. But
1: you don't. If you
3: fail her, by which I mean, can't oh you
0: yeah, me yeah, yeah. When he uh, he's, he's, a, he's and, sitting down and kind of is letting what uh, Andrew is saying kind of wash over him and realizing he he might be kind of right about some of this.
1: Yeah, uh, that Marguerite is used to spending money. Yeah. And he has Hallands
3: none. Or yeah. around to Jamaica. she back to me in a jiffy, mewing for There
1: support. he goes, laying on the table. Look out. at him. Oh, no. That's
0: beautiful. That needs to be screenshot.
1: <laughs> he, he almost looks like uh, George Costanza on the rug.
0: Oh yeah, he does kind of have that appeal—the <laughs> same sort of sexual charisma.
1: For England, <laughs> <laughs> for England.
0: And George, what would he be doing for the Upper West Side or whatever? manhattan manhattan manhattan. <laughs> manhattan
3: she may be entitled to get it Greed, so money pink. is everything and what if she is used to luxury
4: whose fault is that it's not a fault if you can afford it
3: but can you knowing you to be hard up brown brown has she shown any signs of mending her ways in these last idyllic three months doesn't say anything. When, for instance, did she last turn down Don Perignon in favor of, uh, no offense, mind you, the persuasive charms of Dago Red. Dago Red. <laughs>
0: black. All right, so he just did brown, and now he's going to black, but we saw pink. He never handled pink.
2: Mm-mm.
3: No, I'm not joking. How much has this brief liaison cost you so far? And that old dad of yours in Soho, when did you last send him any money?
4: We have talked about money.
3: Often I've told her we spend too much. Yeah. She takes no notice. No. Silvery laugh. Coquettish turn of the head.
0: And it almost seems like he's being I mean, fa- the- fatherly or avuncular or something. Kind of like, yeah, I understand. I've been there.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that's an interesting plank just that kind of agreeance. I don't know if he's being agreeable or he's genuinely now kind of thinking about these things in a more honest way.
0: Yeah, and so what the the main thing character-wise that I've kind of struggled with through the movie is what Andrew is when he's being genuine. Mm -hmm. And if he's not being genuine, what is he really thinking?
2: Well, and it, that, I mean,
0: it matters per moment, mm-hmm. but it seems like he can kind of switch. Like sometimes he'll be very serious like this and then he'll switch and be kind of goofy and whatever. And then all of a sudden he'll just get impatient and say, all right, no, well, this is serious. We need to get back to the plan. Mm-hmm. And then he'll get really invested in his toys.
1: He's very calculating. Um, just oh, so calculating.
0: And, but, and that's what I'm wondering. Is
1: is everything a calculation?
0: Is each of these personality flips Designed to elicit a uh, some sort of counter mood in Milo or uh, to elicit a behavior that he wants him to do, like choose this outfit rather than that outfit or or is he just getting caught up in his own game? Maybe these are authentic personality flips. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he is being calculating. There's an overcurrent of calculation, but each time he is inhabiting something or performing a character for Milo. Um, like an Irish woman at one point he does, like he's imitating an Irish servant. Is he doing that because he loves doing it and he's just getting invested in himself? or he's very or,
1: invested in himself.
0: <laughs> and that's kind of what I think it is, in my opinion. I, I don't think everything about him is calculated. I think a lot of what he's doing is passion. Mm. I think that he has passion for the game and so there is an overcurrent of calculation, but I think that every time he kind of flips... He's just being driven by the the whims of his personality, in, in my opinion.
1: And then part of me wonders, you know, from point A to point B, um, he knows he needs to take Milo through a series of events. So, yeah, how much is planned and how much is ad-libbed?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah so I, it, it seems like he at least needs to be able to hit certain marks. Mm-hmm. He needs him to be here, but even he seems to be changing his plan. And I don't know how much of him changing his plan. Like originally, he wanted uh, uh, Milo to knock him out, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, no, no, I've gone off the idea."
1: So yeah, uh, you don't think his initial plan was always to shoot him, yeah,
0: or pretend to shoot him, yeah. And that's a perfect example because it really seemed like his original plan was to have him knock him, have Milo knock him out. But then he changed his mind and went for something else. But he had the two live rounds Mm -hmm. and then the blank.
1: Why would he have those blanks prepared if he was not?
0: So maybe he had multiple ways he could have gone and he just chose the one he liked. Mm -hmm. Or pretending to want to be knocked out was always part of the plan, which I guess makes sense.
1: And it allows him to kind of um, seamlessly move between... The, the different devices to get him to where he wants him. I guess
0: it wouldn't make any sense if uh, asking Milo to knock him out wasn't always part of the plan to then switch. Because at that point, knocking him out was part of the burglary plan.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess part of that is also selling the idea. Uh, second thought, don't knock me out. I don't want that bump on the head, so let's, uh, let's but, do but this. That, but that yeah.
0: could never have been real because the burglary was never real. True. And it, it was always leading to fake killing him. Mm-hmm. So I guess some, some of these moments where he seems to change his mind were manufactured.
1: And maybe he was trying to sell Milo on his own madness. Like, White, yeah. White does not seem very well in the head to come up with all these far-fetched notions. Right. So that, that's something to ponder.
0: And maybe he wanted him to punch him. So mm-hmm. that he could uh, ha- have had another justification for shooting. shooting. Mm-hmm. And that would have made it more realistic for Milo to think he would have been shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky to tell. But that's that's the main thing I've been struggling with from the movie is understanding um, Andrew's personality.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it is to solve this little problem that I've invited you around here tonight. And this, as they say, is where the plot thickens.
1: I just like what that line? line. We can kind of.
0: There he gets his last trick shot. Here. Real question is.
4: Whatever are you doing with that cue in your hand? I was waiting for you to miss.
1: <laughs> Ooh <Bruce> boy. boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, look at his stance there. His posture and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's standing. Uh, White is standing with a very straight posture, with his hand on his hip, and he looks very triumphant. Yeah.
0: Well, and he is. He just proved his uh, fecundity.
1: (laughs) Very much so. Also, let's talk about his house. That's a beautiful house.
0: Yeah, and I'm guessing everything in the interior is a set. It's not a real house because I think I had a piece of trivia that wasn't very interesting, so I didn't say it. But Mm -hmm. the exterior was shot in Dorset. There was a place called Athelhampton Hall, and that was where all the exteriors were shot, but I guess none of the interiors were. So the set designers were just fantastic because everything looks quite authentic. So my next marker is the uh and actually what I have is I see what you mean by What I'm interested in isn't the clip here.
3: Glad you
1: followed me so readily, you see.
0: Okay, so he pulls the lever here.
1: It's another one of the many toys in his house.
0: Yeah. He walks through the room and then I freeze frame here. So, A proposal. So what does this top one say?
1: I'm going to have to get up because I can't see it from where I'm seated. It's also very, very dim. Can you make it out or?
0: I can't really. Okay. But the first one I can see says surprises in store, a proposal, wealth incoming, trouble. You will regain what you have lost. And I thought that was really cool. I don't know if they did that intentionally or if I'm just reading into randomness, uh, if I'm finding a pattern from nothing, but it seems like a good chronological sequence of events from Mm -hmm. the movie surprises he gives him a proposal to steal stuff so wealth incoming then trouble then he regains his uh his position by playing the game on andrew mm-hmm. so i thought that was a really cool thing to do i don't know if that was intentional
1: yeah i i've never seen a fortune teller quite like this one so it, it is definitely something interesting and i haven't taken the time to actually look at the different uh follow-up words um it this uh Fortune teller—it's—it looks like a carnival game, fortune teller, where you pull a handle and it gives you um, a fortune, so to speak. And um, later in the movie, uh, we see Will—sorry, not Will—Milo T- uh, Tyndall uh, get to pull the lever, and it gives another um, result. And now I wonder if those sequence of things. Correspond so well as this one?
0: Yeah, I've got that pointed out in my timestamps, and they didn't seem to. Oh, okay. That's why I was kind of wondering because the 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 last one said you're going to get married and something else. It it didn't seem to correspond to any of the events subsequently in the movie.
1: Okay.
0: But this one certainly did. So I don't know. Anyway, that's all I had for this. So what was your next one?
1: Oh, it's uh twenty forty. Uh, the thickened plot um, and just more of that kind of odd, jovial way that Wyke is, um, while uh, Milo is trying to look for the safe. Like, he made a game out of searching for the hidden safe. Oh, yeah, sure. Well,
3: what do you say? It sounds distinctly criminal. Or oh, of course it's criminal. All good money-making schemes in England have to be these days. Now, the jewelry, when it's not in the bank, lives in an ingeniously hidden safe somewhere here. In the study. Where, for instance, would you look for
0: it? So, the uh, this is kind of the, the first setting up for the first twist. And I don't quite understand why Milo wasn't more suspicious about some of these things.
1: Why on earth? Yeah, that, that was something that came into my head, too, is why would you choose to do this? Yeah. It's... um. At first, he's extremely skeptical, and rightfully so, but I didn't understand why he eventually accepted it except the desperation.
0: Yeah. I mean, so he he set up at the beginning of the movie that you can't afford to keep her. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the wife's name? Marguerite. Marguerite. Um, You can't afford to keep her, so you're going to have to get money from somewhere. Here's a gigantic cash infusion, more than your family has ever seen. And so that is got to be a, a big motivating factor. But when he's setting up like, okay, you're the one that has to do all the breaking in mm-hmm. and you've also got to hunt for all this stuff. He's, he's making a complete game out of it. And then later you see him like taking him upstairs to, uh, what was it, uh, I guess, I guess, room. yeah. Taya's room.
1: So, and the, that you needed a coin to enter. Oh Taya's Yeah. <laughs> Cause at one way or the other,
0: you uh, always have to pay to get in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, a, that's another dig. Yeah. <laughs> that's another dig. That's great. Um, anyway, I just think if I were Milo, even though I would have been, um, I'm sure as he is uh, entranced, uh, by the opportunity to come out of my family's generational poverty and come up in a world where status means everything. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and keep the woman that he loves presumably because she needs uh, a lot of money to, to maintain the, the lifestyle that she expects. Yeah. All, all all of that matters a whole lot to him. I'm sure I still would have been much more skeptical about why he was doing some of the things he was doing, like going through Taya's room.
1: Yeah. I just, and then it's like, well, why aren't we going through your room in the same way? And he's like, we don't need to do that
0: no because you would be a smart criminal and now you'd be looking for a safe which i guess (laughs) i've got a floating (laughs) clump of hair that just landed on my microphone what the heck
1: i should also uh identify that it is not human it is cat
0: yes if you say so
1: i'll just take that
0: from you hold it up to your head i don't know that could be allison hair
1: no it's a cat hair see how it vanishes when i hold it up next to the cat
0: um it's coming
1: again <laughs>
0: it is it just shot back up what the heck uh
1: so clara is a um long-haired cat now i do try to vacuum often but as i'm petting her right now new tufts are creating themselves
0: i just got a tuft on my shoulder my, my right shoulder
1: was it the same tuft
0: i don't know <laughs> um Yeah, and then he he says that uh, you'd be a smart criminal because then you'd start looking for a safe. Mm -hmm. But why couldn't the safe be in your room?
1: Yeah, why? So I guess uh, the jewels being in the the room with the mistress makes sense in the fact that it would be for a woman to wear. And then if it's not there...
0: It could be in a safe, but the safe could be anywhere in the house.
1: Yeah, it's it's making wild leaps. He wants his life disturbed, but not his things.
0: Yeah, (laughs) disturb my house, but not my most valuables.
1: Please don't. uh, Those are my manuscripts.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. uh, Clara's trying to change the level of the uh, the podcast here.
1: She'd prefer it to be a different frequency, please.
0: (laughs) Anyway, all right, so my next...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very much like sleuth in the way.
0: All right, so my next uh, moment was at uh, 2220, and this is about the dartboard. Oh, yeah. So here's another leap of logic, I thought. Uh, So he's going around... Uh, massaging different aspects of his office, trying to find something that could trigger a uh, a secret door opening and I think it was a good piece of abductive reasoning that the safe would be behind the only game in the room. I thought that that was a
1: I never put that together before, but that is very clever.
0: He while well, he actually says it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I thought that was clever. But then he reasons after poking and prodding at it for a moment that the only way to open it would be to get a bullseye.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But my favorite part of this moment is when he's massaging the dartboard.
1: Oh, it I just keeps, like the little koi looks that...
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's the coy looks. It keeps cutting back. He
1: <laughs> goes to uh, sniff his drink. <laughs> I'm just enjoying this brandy. Trollin' <laughs>
0: I thought it was so funny. It keeps cutting back and forth between uh, Milo massaging the dartboard and Andrew kind of giving little coy looks and (laughs) sniffing his drink and the little playful music that's happening. I just thought it was hilarious. (laughs) He's got the dart. Mm -hmm.
1: And I like how annoyed he almost seems that Milo is able to actually throw a bullseye.
0: <laughs> he looks up from his drink. And bullseye. Why?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm disappointed. Certain skills best acquired in public bars, I suppose.
0: <laughs> you cheated by being lower class.
1: How dare you. <laughs> yes. Whatever
3: made you think? You and your
4: games. That is the only game in this room. Yeah.
1: Which
0: I, I, I think that that's a good piece of reasoning that they would be behind the only game in the room. But why would he then make the leap? I can't pry this thing open with my bare meat hands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I shall throw a bullseye and that will do it.
1: It's true. It would have been funnier if it just like clinked off onto the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't it have been like poking a sequence of numbers that were significant mm-hmm. on the dartboard or, or just anything
1: else? And I wonder, you know, when you look at a dartboard, you see all of the holes that preceded your throw. Yeah. I wonder if Milo looked at that and didn't see any holes that would indicate that.
0: He doesn't open it ever?
1: Well, that um, and that it would only be that one specific area. Because if you well, had to hit. No- oh, so
0: you only saw holes on the bullseye and nowhere else. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Because this is a poor man's game. Why would he play it?
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, see, I know that would make sense. Let's rewind and see if that's the case. Well, I mean, the dartboard does look pretty fresh. I have to say, I can't see any holes or any evidence. I mean, it's low resolution, but I can't see any evidence of wear and tear on any of the other areas of the dartboard. I can't really tell about the bullseye either, but.
1: Yeah. If you were trying to make this more clever or more difficult do you think that you would want a random, amount of dartboards hit. I also, on a book lover level, I would not put the dartboard that close to the books, knowing my aim, because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would accidentally skewer my, my books.
0: Right. Well, I guess the idea is he, he never plays, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a risk.
1: And it's golden. golden, like there's treasure.
0: Well, I do like that later in the movie, One of the clues that Milo is giving Andrew is all that glisters is not gold. Mm -hmm. And I liked that they got that line right because everybody always says all that glitters is not gold and glitter isn't the right word.
1: Yeah, well, I think that is kind of more of a um, modern misinterpretation that just stuck. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Okay, so the next one I've got is uh, minute 31.22. What do you have?
1: My next one is not till 37.25. All right, here we go.
4: And a sock I can pull over my head. Old
1: pair of sneakers of a sock. <laughs> Smile. Where's your sense of style? Where's your sense of style? I love how offended he is at <laughs> sock.
0: <laughs> I know. That's the, another thing that would have made me suspicious about all this. Like, why do I need a specific? Why do I need to dress up at all? Nobody is going to see me. There is not a chance of a sheep rapist, as he, he says, coming by.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no chance of anybody seeing me. But okay, I have to dress up in something why does it have to be interesting? Mm-hmm. Why does it need style and drama? Yeah. But I, I guess he makes the excuse, like, why, you need to be more aristocratic. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's he's, he's objecting to a sock. We
3: must give our crime the true sparkle of the 30s, a little amateur aristocratic quirkiness. Don't aristocratic quirkiness. Don't you feel the need quirkiness. to give your old arch enemy inspector plodder of the yard a run for his money? Oh,
1: ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> He is so Your into... Hair, Milo,
3: this is you, a full-bottomed wig. Lots of
1: beauty.
0: Full-bottomed oh, wig? Now, you're a wiggist. What does that mean?
1: What is a wiggist?
0: A wiggist is someone who is a talented wigger. Oh, well, that's a different thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: A wiggerator? Someone who handles wigs.
1: Okay. So, um part of my volunteer group i wear wigs i don't style them <laughs> but i think when he's saying a full bottom wig is that um there's the length to this wig because it's a full aristocratic kind of um pimpernel looking wig
0: but a full bottomed just means that it's long
1: i would think for for a male wig <laughs> i i don't know for a fact but that is my assessment
0: <laughs>
3: and, and just... all the snuff you could want Throws a bit of snuff in
0: the air, sniffs it out.
3: Oh, Groofy. Look,
4: I might even do the whole thing in drag.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, he just gets so invested. See, when when you Google full bottom wig, um, it shows up uh, like attorney's wigs for the British legal system.
0: Ah, interesting. Uh, Doesn't it seem odd to you that... After all, all of the setup here, and after all the reason to distrust him and be uncomfortable with the situation, he just snaps into a character of he finds a little glittery thing and he's like, ooh, I can do the whole thing in drag, and then starts performing this little scene.
4: You fool. I can fight it no longer, darling.
3: If you must go, don't look back. Andrew. <laughs> Right, who's that? <laughs> so that's where you've been, Auntie Maud, naughty girl. Shall we decide on the dress then? No, don't <laughs> the not. eyes. Oh, you are a choosy one, aren't you? There doesn't seem to be a very great deal
0: left. We'll just have to settle for Joey. <laughs> doesn't that seem odd to you?
1: No, it absolutely does. And <laughs> just frankly, that would have been very taboo. I feel like at that time, still, there's still.
0: Was it still against the law to be gay?
1: Well, I don't know if because it
0: was in England for a very long time.
1: And there's still a stigma against drag. Um,
0: in in England, I think much less so. I think that even though it was illegal in in England, it seemed like they were leading the charge on being more accepting more, or yeah, okay with homosexuality.
1: I I I, I know that. Um drag it was definitely at that time a very big scandal so i i don't you know this was before rupaul and kind of more widely acknowledged or accepted it was still considered kind of an outlier thing only to really experience in a a cabaret kind of environment right um
0: yeah it's interesting i mean there was uh in the 80s i know stephen fry was openly gay on uh well, I, I'm problems. talking
1: about specifically drag, not just
0: not just being gay, but yes. actual, like potentially um, straight people dressing in drag or gay people, I guess, or, or anyone
1: um, dressing in a cross uh, gender fashion. Um,
0: well, when did Eddie Izzard get his start? Well, that's a very
1: good question. Well,
0: because he, he he was the he was the poster boy uh, for a very long time. It still is, really.
1: Well, he says that he doesn't even call it drag or cross dressing. Well, he
0: it, it's changed over the years. He initially did say it was cross dressing. He said it was transvestite or TV. He would say. I don't know if that uh, term has gone out of use, but uh, that is. How oh, he, that
1: that's very true. If it has, please don't think I meant that in an offensive way. Right. Um,
0: but but this is how he used to uh, describe it, and he would call himself an action transvestite or a, a executive executive, you know. executive transvestite. So I'm trying to... Th- well, I, years- d- I don't want
1: to take up dead air time trying to look up when he first... Well, it
0: says years active, uh, 1982 to present. Oh, okay. Um, so early 80s, and this movie takes place in the early 70s, so there's at least a, a 10-year gap before Eddie Izzard came on the scene to kick in the door.
1: Mm-hmm. It- it's still... I-, I mean, even though it was more accepted, doesn't mean that it was more commonplace. There, there was definitely not a drag... Uh, performance presence, I would say, on a national landscape, but quite quite at that time. So, sure. but but still, it it also I think denotes to Milo's character that he was kind of in with groups, you know, more theatrical groups. He he mentions that too, and it's kind of seen as um, a less posh or
0: well. And this is actually um, I started a little bit early, but I'm glad I did because we caught all the all of this with uh, the drag, mm-hmm. but in a moment he's going to dress up as a, a clown and mention that he has friends in um, the biz in the who have made it in show business. But uh, also at the end of the movie when he's making another reference to it after he's already been uh, Inspector Doppler, um, he says that, I told you I had friends in the arts. And he <laughs> says that last part kind of um, significantly. And to me it sounded like that would have been a metaphor at the time for, I've, I have gay friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of picked up on that too.
0: Yeah. Um, anywho, so let's uh, continue and see if we can get some of this clown action. Here it is. Joey. Why Joey? Was that a, was that a real character at the time? A Joey clown?
1: I, I don't know. I don't know much about clown history. Sounds
0: like it would have been more of an Australian thing. Like, oh, here's Joey the Clown.
1: Well, Joey, in Australian speak, I I associate more with the baby kangaroos.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey, there's a Joey.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Clown! Can't you see it all? The sawdust ring, the tinsel, the glitter... The lights, the elephants, the high water, He's getting the boy, into it, the it now. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: this is all right. Oh, this is all right. Like all of a sudden he's just, he's forgotten about the woman he wants to marry, about this weird robbery caper. He's just excited to dress up like Jowie the Clown.
1: Maybe it's the snifter.
0: He's had a bit of a sniff.
1: <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure That's that was right all fake chef. snifter. <laughs> oh,
3: we do oh, oh. the police to find any fibers from this beautiful. Well, you've no idea how clever they are in those laboratories of theirs. We won't take any risks, you and I.
2: That's right.
3: That's Down right. Smalls, <laughs>
0: time. Down to your smalls.
3: Oh, I know a well-brought-up boy when I see one fold his trousers of life. Eh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> 70,
4: <000 pounds. laughs> a hundred and seventy thousand pounds A free in the cash Echo Milo Echo Milo
3: Hey, butler! Slap shoes. Juno,
4: I've always wanted a pair of these. my father got me to
1: play
4: when I was a Yeah, queen. I'm not sure. I'm not, Unless you're like sideshow
1: Bob with exceptionally long feet. Yeah,
0: thirty-two, thirty-nine.
1: Slow motion. None of
4: my friends did. They got to the top, you know how? They dance their way.
0: <laughs> of uh, show business, he means.
4: Mm-hmm. Vaudeville's losses.
0: I could have been in vaudeville, but instead, I'm a hairdresser.
1: (laughs) I think one is a little more glamorous than the other. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Go on. No, what? I was just going to say my next time point. Do. Thirty-seven twenty-five. Just the at this point. Oh, yep. He has convinced Milo that what he needs to do is get a ladder from the shed and use a glass cutter and some putty and just very intricate um, way of breaking into the house but he is made the absolute fool in this scene like yeah. even just walking from the shed in the full clown getup and the shoes and the pants and everything that doesn't quite fit him right
0: you know and I can't it's it's hilarious for the, the symbolism that obviously Andrew loves he's made him a clown and he's that's part of the fool. humiliation
1: yeah but he, he's degraded he, him but
0: he couldn't have predicted that for some reason Milo would be obsessed with this clown costume and willingly he was just like not even just willingly gladly excitedly put on the clown costume
1: of the other I you know honestly I think the monk would have been the most covering outfit or just the the thief's costume that he um, decided so in that little trunk bin there was a classic black and white shirt thief with a bag for swag. Um, um, there was a monk, uh, there was a, uh, like a 17th century dandy. And, um, there was the, the one female outfit that looked kind of like a flapper garb Mm -hmm. and then the clown. And I was like, you know, I would have almost picked the thief to be ironic because, and my, I think Milo said like, that's a little on the nose, don't you think?
0: (laughs) But also why would he care? Like, he, he didn't want to dress up as anything originally. He's now he's like, oh, but now you're just advertising that you're a thief. Who cares? Yeah. No one's going to see you.
1: Yeah. Th- this is all just for the brain of Mr. Mr. White.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, so I've gone to uh, 3705. I think your timestamps are off because I trimmed out the intro. And okay. you were doing the timestamps with the intro. Yes. Um. So I've put it on 3705. And so it's got... Uh, Milo coming out he's got the ladder in hand he's done up completely in his uh, clown costume and he's walking across the yard this is something out of my nightmare because it always looks like the clown mask is looking at the camera
1: it's Pennywise
0: <laughs> and it's I, I can't even explain it just it looks so goofy and not intended to be horror and that's kind of what scares me about it it's just <laughs> awful and even the old music
1: He's walking through a croquet field and tripping over himself, and Wyke is just, oh, he's so delighted that his scheme has come to to fruition. Yeah.
0: All of this was a set. I mean, the sets are fantastic in this movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, that was really the only part of that that I wanted to show was just how degrading he's making this for Milo.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what's my next one? My next one is at 47.28. What about you?
1: Mine is at 49-ish seconds, which uh, so they they may correlate to the same scene. (laughs) Smashy, smashy.
0: So Lawrence Olivier actually cut his hand very badly when he did that.
1: Yep, I I read that too. He palms a... uh, A Mm. napkin um, or a handkerchief, Mm -hmm. and puts his hand in his pocket until they finish the scene. Um, Very similar to what happened in Django Unchained. Yeah, I
0: read that, and I I don't yeah with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I don't remember what scene that would have been. I'm guessing some scene where they were upstairs in the house, chatting about. Yeah, I think they were having
1: dinner or something, and um, he like smashes his hand against um, some drink glasses that were on the table
0: ah well you you gotta hand it to him that's a pro move and he's still grabbing stuff with his hands you know it may be that they didn't use that take maybe they did another take because I don't see him palming anything in this one he's got his hands in his pocket but, you know, that's a, that's a pro move. Mm-hmm. Cutting your hand badly and then just continuing the scene without blinking, essentially. And you said yours was at 49? 49.50
1: 49. or so. So I don't know how much backwards that has to go from uh, without the intro. But um, it's basically on second thought. No, I, I don't think I'd prefer to have a concussion.
0: <laughs> that's right here, I think. There
4: it is. The original black instrument. The poker. Right, about to beat him. Now, where do you want
3: it? Don't get carried away. It's not a murder weapon you are talking about, you know. <laughs> no, no, we no? An object from which I receive in the classic formula a glancing blow which will raise a lump without actually cracking the cranium.
4: Why don't I just keep tapping you lightly on the head with a poker? Until the lump comes up. Quite frankly,
3: I've rather gone off the whole thing
4: now. I've rather gone off the whole
0: thing. me up
3: and gag me and leave me to be found by the cleaning woman. Lots of messy, Mr. White. There he goes. Whatever do we be doing there? All trussed up like a turkey cock. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God bless you, sir. You're trying out something with one of the creepy new books of yours.
0: <laughs> Some it's creepy just, new books of yours.
1: He's so he, Even in his mockery of the future version of himself, he is so into himself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's just, but the way he's mocking uh, Irish people, he's, oh, he's got no respect for anybody other than the English.
1: No. <laughs> well, the gentrified, rich English. Yeah. Um, my next one is at 5510, um, when things go from jovial to serious.
3: You're around here to set up the circumstances of your own death, the break in, the disguise, jewels in your pocket. The householder aroused, grappled with. Have I missed it or is this still? He's starting to buy it. Final fatal shot. Knock
4: it off, Andrew. For God's sake. It ain't funny no more. It ain't, ain't it? Can you find a flaw in it? Marguerite. The cops will trace a connection between Marguerite and me.
0: And that's valid. Mm
1: hmm. He's he's not innocent in this uh, little. there's lines, there's definite lines connecting.
3: They'll know that's why you did it. Because I expected to know who you were. The law will have every sympathy for me. Property's always been more highly regarded in England than the people. Even Marguerite <laughs> will assume that you were, after all, just an adventurer after a jewels, a petty sneak thief who, in the end, found larceny less burdensome than matrimony.
4: Yes, the way you're finding murder less burdensome than alimony?
3: Which in the face of adversity. Good. You've learned something from the English. Well, here's something else. A sporting chance. Why don't you make a run for it? I'll give you the chance to shoot me down in cold blood. Hot blood, you mean. But I'll tell you what I'll do. <laughs> I'll close my eyes and count up to 20 slowly. That should give you a reasonable chance. Come on, my Off you go. One. Two, one.
1: <laughs> I think this is where you... Uh made a correlation between this and uh, the most dangerous game?
0: Uh, No, it was beforehand. It was uh, when he was a clown. Mm. Um, It seemed like uh, just the, the vibe before I knew what was going to happen when I, he was still setting it up as a a burglary to help both parties um, get money. And uh, he'd be rid of his wife and uh, Milo would get a new wife. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like he was going out of his way. Uh, when he was disrupting the various rooms, like I was saying, where it doesn't didn't seem necessary. It seemed like he was trying to have Milo set himself up for something else, and it it just had the vibe of Andrew being a predator. Hmm. And to me, it seemed like he was he was hunting him down in in some way. And here, obviously, is is more direct.
3: Yeah. Two, three, four. Five, six, seven,
1: eight. Michael Keane is panically nine, trying to get out through the front door and run in the clown costume to his car. He's taking off the shoes and, and realizing what, there's no key.
0: When did he forget his keys?
1: Um, I think... He um, forgot that he had his keys in his coat pocket of his normal outfit, not the clown outfit. Mm. He never had the keys on him in his clown outfit.
2: Right, right, right. 16,
3: 17, 18, 19,
2: and uh,
0: 20. 20. So, realizing that you don't have the keys, what is he still doing in the driver's seat?
1: Maybe he thought he had dropped them in the chair or something like that. It, it looked like he was rummaging around for them.
0: Right. I, to me, it was either like he's pretending like he knows how to wire a car, mm-hmm. and he's. But why didn't he just run?
1: Yeah. It, well, run to where exactly? I mean, he, they yeah, they yeah. are in the middle of nowhere. However, that passing does, motorist. Yeah. Something. Uh, I I feel like you would want to like dive in the bushes and try to. I tail
0: it. it would have been my instinct to just run, like it's it's without not,
1: the stupid shoes.
0: Yeah, he's taking the shoes off when he was getting in the car, and I just would have gone anywhere. It didn't matter. Just go down the road, hide in the woods, and just kind of make a slow journey to the next plot of civilization.
1: Yeah, just. Ugh. And then I, I will say, after this point, it loses it. The movie loses its sense of humor for. A little bit like with Michael Caine on the stairs pleading for his life.
0: Oh, yeah. And that. Oh, beautiful.
1: With just the the ugly tears and.
0: Yeah. Well, and when he says and when he yells, please. Oh. My heart breaks for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Okay, so. So I
1: don't know if you have that clip for one of your next scenes. My next is not until our mark. um, One hour, seven minutes.
0: Oh, mine's not until 138.
1: Okay. It's interesting that neither of us wanted to do the police scene. Oh, well, we
0: can. It's right here.
1: Yeah.
3: With some oil. Above all, I hate you because you're a culling blue-eyed wop. Yeah, well, not one of me.
0: Not one of me. A
3: creeping hairdressing seducer of silly women. A jumped up pantry boy who doesn't know his place. Did you really believe? I'd give up my wife and jewelry to you. that I'd make myself that ridiculous.
0: So again, here is the combination of he's performing a scene because he wants to be convincing enough for Milo to think he's actually about to die. Mm-hmm. Even though Andrew has absolutely no intention of killing him, but he is delivering this line with an authenticity that makes me think that
1: the sentiment is real.
0: Yeah, that the sentiment is real. Like you, you have you've insulted not my my manliness. That's why I was going on about being an Olympic uh, sexpert copulator,
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> copulationizer
1: for England. For England, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, <laughs>
0: that's the English uh, braveheart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well,
1: that's ironic on several levels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Well, I don't. It, I don't understand. Isn't it about like Smurfs and like taking over some sort of uh, cabbage field in in Scotland? Like they were worried about the English coming and taking their cabbage.
1: Off microphone. I will give Zach a history lesson between the uh, <laughs> English and the Scottish. Oh, no, I the know tens- all of that. Yes, 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 yes.
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, as a Duncan. I feel like you should. <laughs> Why
0: well, is a Duncan? I am ashamed I haven't seen the movie. I do know the history. Well, Scottish you don't history. need to
1: see the movie, but just know the history. I know the history.
0: wasn't any cabbages involved.
1: <laughs> no one likes cabbage. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So serious. Serious.
4: Not? You're not in love
0: with Now, ugly crying. I think that's rather rude. I thought that... Uh,
1: it's more when it comes out of his nose.
0: Michael Caine was dishy in this movie
1: oh he absolutely and he's supposed to be he's supposed to be enticing um very seldom do we get to see him as kind of this you know enticing character um
0: well certainly not in his later years well yeah
1: um but in this scene in particular like he has a very i I shouldn't call it an ugly cry but it's a real it's a it's real yeah
0: yeah it didn't feel like he was over the top but it also didn't feel like he was trying to be you know
1: very seldom Hollywood. can people have a genuine cry that is not awful-sounding or looking. I, for one, have a hideous cry.
0: Oh, sure. Well, most people do, I feel like. except for Whether Michael I love K. her or
3: not, I found her. I've kept her. She represents me. Once, she was in love with me.
0: But he doesn't ever say that I was in love with her.
1: No, she, because in his world, she's a possession.
0: Right. Like any of his uh, like Taya. animatronic toys.
4: And now she's in love with me. And that's what you can't forgive, isn't it?
0: His automata.
4: And after me, there'll be others. You're going to kill them too? Also valid. You're mad! You're not bloody mad,
3: but... You are a young man dressed as a clown about to be murdered. Put the mask on, Milo. Put it on. Please.
0: Why would he comply? Like, I, I'm going to kill you either way. Just don't put the mask on. Like, what's the point?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I on. mean, from Milo's perspective, like, why would he ever comply with this? Instead of running.
1: Well, running you're gonna die. <laughs> Putting the mask on you're gonna die. I run I, running, I wouldn't have put chance. it on because the, the dignity Finally,
3: at your moment of dying you are yourself <laughs> a snivelling <laughs> Dago clown. Another Dago. Farewell <laughs> It's
0: a great pratfall. I wonder if that was a stunt double. Yeah, because you could you could you could see where he braced himself on some of the stairs. But still, I mean, that could have been very dangerous. Just completely headfirst falling down some stairs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The scene is both beautiful and painful. Yeah. He just checked for a pulse and dropped his wrist and is now going amongst the mess that is his living room area.
0: Yeah, with the papers strewing all over the room, which I thought was funny. He was like throwing stuff down earlier and Milo took his transcript. He's like, no, that's my transcript. And he and, threw it up in the air.
1: And he's like, kind of like, fair is fair. I'll just have my uh, secretary. Organize it. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of what I would consider act one of this film.
0: Um, yes, I suppose so. So let me see. I've I've listed out my... Yeah. So I thought the burglary setup was the first twist. Then Milo's death was the second twist. Cuz originally he he had him come here uh under I don't know what pretense, false. but but he, well, he I would say false. But he didn't know it was going to be a burglary and then yeah. all of a sudden it turned into a burglary. So that was the first twist and then the second twist is uh the death of young Milo.
1: So my next scene um is early in act two, or mm. what I would consider act two, um, at the one uh, hour, seven minute mark. Can't a man just enjoy his caviar?
0: <laughs> Tastes like fish, eggs.
1: So um, we're seeing the house with just um, White, and he's prepared himself a little snack of um caviar on toast and he keeps going to take a bite and
0: (laughs) just finish the bite
1: (laughs) (laughs) he keeps having to put it down because someone rings the doorbell
0: so i like this touch um his kitchen area is much more modern than the rest of the house and it's got all the different bells and stuff for if uh he rings the bell in some other part of the house it lets his servants know where to come and serve him Mm mm-hmm um,
1: That's not really a, a conceptually modern thing that I think a lot of...
0: No, no, is, I meant modern. Like the kitchen had uh, cabinets and a, a toaster refrigerator. and stuff like yeah. that, yeah.
1: Okay. I just thought that was funny. The whole, like, just every time he goes to take a bite, the bell rings.
0: Yeah. Oh, and here's... Uh,
1: good
4: evening, sir.
0: Introduction of Doppler. I was
4: beginning to think there was
1: no one at home. I
4: was beginning to think that there was nobody at home.
1: So when you were watching this blindly, yeah. because I tried to get you to watch all of these films blindly. Mm-hmm. When did you figure it out that it was Michael Caine? Uh,
0: certainly not initially. <clears throat> we were watching with your uh, delightful husband uh, to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, I think, called it immediately uh, when we saw he said, oh, that looks like someone familiar. But uh, I, when I was looking at it, I could tell that it was old people makeup that he had on. But Oh, I also meant to say that uh, when he, he fell down the stairs after getting quote-unquote shot, um, it was somewhat convincing to me because I didn't see any blood, but I just assumed that the movie makers didn't want to show blood.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a PG rating on this film. Is it really? The remake is an R rating.
0: So I've heard that the remake is actually good. And you said it wasn't, but it's Kenneth Branagh, Michael Caine, and also uh what's his face, the jumped up pantry boy. Uh you know, Jesse Jackson um uh, Johnny Jude Law. Jude Law. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so uh come on, watch it, watch it and give your opinion. I will. Do.
0: We should watch together. Okay. Do you really not? Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, and you just don't, you're not interested in seeing it again? No. What was your problem with it?
1: I just didn't care for it. It um Because I saw it after watching this one, I didn't watch the other one. I, you know, I bet if I had watched the Kenneth Branagh first, I would have liked it, but they made changes that didn't seem necessary. And I hate when films do that. And it was kind of more like, Look, we're in modern times. Look at all this cool technology we can throw in here.
0: Well, so from the trailer, I didn't like that. But I assumed that they had just kind of superimposed this kind of techie look to it for the trailer. And it wasn't in the movie. Like it was like day five and it was like night vision. Yeah. Stuff. It's, and-
1: they, they changed. So um, Michael Caine is now playing Wyke and the remake um, versus uh, Milo. And. Uh, They made Milo's character an actor, a rising actor, and it just, I don't, it just, which isn't to say anything of the the actor's performance in it, it more just, I don't like the changes that they necessarily made. I I, I just didn't, it, it didn't feel, it felt like it was trying to be a movie instead of a play.
0: That's probably fair. And maybe Kenneth Branagh had that in his mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can't accuse Kenneth Branagh of not liking plays. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I don't think that he would have done that accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he, he didn't want to make a faithful just reproduction with new surroundings in a new setting. Maybe he did want to make it substantially a little bit different to make it more modern and make it a film mm-hmm. rather than what this is, which is basically a filmed play, which I like. I like that about it.
1: Well, that and I don't like. While it is a filmed play, I feel as though our eyes are given such a visual treat of everything that mm-hmm. it never felt like wooden or stale or anything. Oh, like and it,
0: it yeah, and it didn't feel static. The camera's moving around a lot. I I don't mean to say that it feels it feels like they didn't put effort into making it lively, mm-hmm. but there are like three sets, including it. Well, there's also an outdoor set, but there are like three sets. There's the kitchen, a bedroom. In the living room,
1: and the library, where the oh. safest.
0: Uh, the library, which I th- isn't that upstairs.
1: Yeah, where the bedrooms are. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I I kind of consider that, but yeah, we'll throw that in there, and also the dungeon downstairs, and the garden, and which is the the exterior. So, you know, they've they've got a few sets, but they don't go a lot, and and it's basically when they're in a room, they're just in the room, but it still feels lively and everything like that. But there are just a few different places they go. And it's just the two actors. Mm -hmm. So it feels very much like a stage play. I feel like the pacing was very much like a stage play in that they let moments sit. They don't try to cut around very quickly to things.
1: They let you absorb and and enjoy them. Just mull over them.
0: Yeah. And so I think that is a good and a bad thing about this movie. And I think that I would lean more toward it being a good thing because I think modern movies cut Around way too much and try to be too like no never get tired never get never get uh bored by the scene come on come on kind of flashing colors we're
1: cutting here we're cutting here as a uh, mr lizard would say the the popcorn eating kind of cinema yeah
0: <laughs> rather than the the english films which are very finely acted but which are just filled with actors walking into rooms going oh uh, oh i'm sorry Did, oh uh, i'll i'll leave
1: yes i th- i think you better had
0: whereas you could have the, uh, the window with a view of hell!
1: Stairway of Satan. Yes. Punt of death.
0: <laughs> Which I think is what Kenneth Branagh did.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He tried to make it a more popcorn film. Yeah. A more entrapmenty kind of thing. But, um, so I'm not sure when your next scene is, um, I don't want to make us have to sit through the entirety of it, but about, um, our mark 20 through, uh, hour 22, um, Detective Doppler shows why like, he's not the funny man that he thinks he is. And I think that, mm. that that's a fantastic just bit of. Not
0: buying into any of his. His shenanigans. Yeah. He's
1: like, you're not clever. You're not fun. Yeah. What you did was awful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think there's also repeated dialogue mm-hmm. in each one of these twists. Um, and it's usually flip flopped. So, like, the opposite person says it. Um, and there was a, also a moment that I think was repeated more than once uh, in which I- in the beginning, uh, Milo was in a good mood and about to say something fun. And Andrew cuts him off and makes the mood more serious. Mm-hmm. And then that happens here, too, where Andrew is is trying to play a moment off as kind of fun. And Inspector Doppler goes, uh, I will be needing an answer, sir. Or yeah. Something like that
3: maneuvered him into a position where, by pretending to mistake him for a burglar, I could legitimately shoot him. When you uh, revealed your intention,
2: sir, what
0: was... And so they did fantastic job with the makeup, and that was part of the reason why I didn't suspect that it was uh, uh, Michael Kane under it, because it was so good, I thought it was movie makeup. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was in-universe makeup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like oh, that- they, they actually, it's, they ha- he has a bald cap on, but you can still get all the brow wrinkles when he makes an expression. He's got a nose piece on, but it never false
1: teeth, false eyes. Yeah.
0: Everything. And if, and obviously a wig, um, oh,
1: and- even, uh, eyebrows, he has yeah. eyebrow wigs. Yeah.
0: So it's, uh, is it a fantastic job. And looking at it now, I mean, it still doesn't look like Michael Caine. I mean, it's a really good job.
1: I would have been fooled,
0: and I, and I was—I certainly was yeah. fooled for at least half of his section of the movie. Half of his Doppler. Yeah, half of his Doppler, I was fooled, and then at some point, I—I I started looking more at the brow, mm-hmm. and I—you can just—you can tell, and I—I just—I started looking. I—I I don't know if it was at the jaw or something like that, and I—I kind of put it together, and um, but it was—it was a really—it was very successful.
3: He swallowed my story hook, clown, and sink. He fell to his knees, pleaded for his life. But I was implacable. I put the gun against his head and shot him with a
1: blank cartridge. He's so smug. Yeah. Oh,
0: so something that I found uh, that shouldn't be important. I mean, it doesn't really matter for the, the plot of the movie, uh, the logic in-universe, but a blank cartridge fired at uh, someone... Can uh, still hurt you. Could kill you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Mister Tindal, with a blank cartridge, sir. Fainted dead away.
1: That can no, also I be why you I had go him go wear go the Joey mask, because that was splashes, a thick piece mm. to protect him. You actually
0: I don't know how it was the in the back. Mm. I mean, there was hair in the back. The but uh, do you think the mask came That's down, kind of over the back of his cranium?
3: It, his test,
1: it looked like right? a solid
3: unit. It might have been. He came here aping the gentry, hoping for acceptance. Aping the gentry.
0: Another reference to his uh, new suit, new clothes, Mm. aping the gentry.
3: Don't join just like that. (laughs) Such a thing as breeding.
1: Horrity the breeding brings.
0: I like that he's saying this talking to someone who's clearly lower class than him.
1: Oh, yeah. And and frankly, he openly tries to mock the police and the police force.
0: Yeah. And I just like that either he's not self-aware enough to know that what he's saying is going to be offending this guy. Or should be? I mean, I don't know if uh, he played it that way, but uh,
1: I think he feels he impervious and yeah, doesn't care. Yeah, he it. If it's offensive, it's only offensive to you. Or,
0: or like I, I am so well bred and so high, uh, so much in a higher station than you are that it, it doesn't matter. If you, if you're, if you're offended, you, you shouldn't be offended. You should understand that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just a fact of life. You're lower than I am, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault.
3: <laughs> Callum be acquired. Of course, he failed his test abysmally. He may well have done, sir.
4: But he also must have been put in fear of his life. Such irresponsible action warrants a serious charge of assault
3: that marginally better than the charge of murder you were contemplating a few minutes ago i still am contemplating it sir oh, come now inspector i told you what happened after a few minutes he came to his senses realized shrewdly that he wasn't dead after all and after only a few too many brandies lurched off home <laughs> i'm sorry you appeared
0: so that is the truth he lurched off home
1: Mm-hmm.
0: why oh why didn't he take the car
1: I think it's implied that he may have. Um, And then Milo came back when he was planting evidence. Uh, We're we're later to find that this is only one part of a revenge plot from Milo. Uh, I think he planted the car back when he was setting the scene with um, Taya and Milo stuff.
0: Okay, so you think that it was Milo that hid the car, not Andrew. Yes. Uh, And created the earth
1: pile and... All of that.
0: Well, I understand the earth pile, but why would he have hidden the car there?
1: Because it's also um planting a cover up scheme for um for Wake. For Wike.
0: What a, that's a bad cover up though.
1: Well no, it, if, if someone's actually it,
0: investigating the grounds, they're definitely gonna find that.
1: He wants them to.
0: Oh, so you're you're saying that he predicted his death at the end?
1: I, I have a theory that uh, I do want to up towards the end of the film
0: okay all right well so that that's something that i didn't assume but um so i guess it it may make sense in light of your theory Mm -hmm.
1: well that or you know he wanted he wanted white to believe he was under investigation for murder the car still being there points to this fact um, so it works for either of those two plot points.
0: Well, I don't know that it, unless he wanted to, he predicted himself dying. And then the, I don't understand why the car matters. Wyke has a gun. Uh, Milo is dead from a gunshot. Mm-hmm. What's the car got to do with anything?
1: Well, the, the car is still on property and evidence that his last moments were with Wyke. And that Wyke was trying to hide this fact. Because it looks like it was hidden. So we are assuming Wyke hid the car.
0: Right. Okay, so, but...
1: I think we may be dancing around each other on this one.
0: Maybe. I just don't understand why he needed anything extra.
1: Just just one extra thing to make this sellable. The earth mound, the car... Um, the, the blood spatter on the stairwell, he's trying to sell this idea that there's this infallible, inscrutable, um, case forming against White. Right. So the car there just adds that extra level, even though it's not necessarily addressed. It's had he seen the car,
0: had who seen the car,
1: had White seen the car, it would have added a level of panic to him about the murder theory.
0: Um,
1: I think, I mean, and this is just I, my my well, view that, of it. Yeah,
0: maybe it just seemed odd that that they didn't show anything of that at the end. He shot uh, Milo, and then the, that was the end of the movie.
1: Well, uh, I, I think the the car part has more to do with this act versus the last act, but it is damning in the last act as well. It certainly wouldn't help his case.
0: Okay, so what was what 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 is the uh, car contribute in this act
1: in this act we know that milo is missing we have white story and then we have doppler investigating as an investigator we know that doppler finds the mound of earth and we know that he finds the car outside um as well as different bits of evidence strewn about the house so if if doppler was a real man and looking for milo that car would not be a good piece of evidence for um, but, defense.
0: But uh, if Milo dro- had driven it away when he fled the scene after uh, being fake murdered, mm-hmm. then that would mean to Andrew that he had driven back.
1: But uh, Doppler is alluding to the fact that he doesn't believe what White is saying is true.
0: Well, yeah, and that and that's that's unnerving. But it would have confirmed. To Wyke or Andrew that Milo had driven back he had to have so that that would have that should actually have uh, chipped a bit of the veneer off of uh, Doppler's act
1: true but um, we also don't acknowledge the car except in the scene where we see the car with the engraved initials on it so white never fully addresses the fact that the car is there
0: did they find it or did it just show the audience
1: it just showed the audience right
0: So, yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. So it it didn't, I think that it would have been hard to explain for Milo or, or Professor Doppler. I I think that Professor Doppler may have been able to say, oh, but what am I saying? Professor? Whatever. (laughs) Dr. Doppler, uh, finding the car there would have been like, oh, I I found his car here. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh.
1: We, we never get that closure.
0: But then, but then Wyke would have been like, okay but he drove that away. So I know he came back. So this could be a setup mm-hmm. or, or something like that. It it wouldn't have worked out entirely in Milo slash Dr. Doppler's favor. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Doppler. <laughs> anyway, that, that, that bit just confused me. And I, so maybe with your theory of uh, him predicting his death at the end, it makes sense for that
2: mm-hmm.
0: kind of, but even then it it seems like overkill. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we we I don't need to bang on about it any longer.
1: So uh my my theory is that um game part two, round um round two, the point goes to Tyndall.
0: Uh for the Doppler effect?
1: Yeah, because wait Wyke is like, you know, I was on to you at a certain point. I don't believe he was.
0: Oh no, definitely not. And that's actually one of my uh my uh timestamps. Oh, do proceed. Okay, um, so let's see where are we now? We're at one twenty one My next one is at i've just turned into some sort of like welcome to the smooth storm with <laughs> zach and Allison
1: we we have a dedication i I don't have We're the taking, same smooth voice i I don't have a Barry white
0: <laughs> hi, this is Barry White
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that's good or bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, um, so the next thing I have is at 138. Do you have anything before that?
1: No, my my next one is 143, um, which is the uh, stripped more than bare line, which I just thought was so beautiful. Yeah, beautiful.
0: All right, so here we have Milo going upstairs to the master bedroom.
2: And
1: so, we, oh, I, I love the line. Where uh, uh, so this is when Doppler is still going around the house and he looks at the bathroom and he's like, uh, "Wike says, my wife showers.
0: I bathe. <laughs> <laughs> what was that supposed to indicate?
1: I, I, that he uses that a huge bathtub, but also the, the little bathroom crossword puzzle. I have never seen anything quite like that. I was looking at yeah. that,
0: too. I was so jealous. That seems so fun.
1: And now I do kind of wish I had looked at the words in the crossword.
0: How cool would it be to have wallpaper? That was just a gigantic crossword puzzle.
1: Yeah, but once you solved it.
0: Then it's a mark of achievement. You have people come over and like, look look at this wall. Mm -hmm. This is all me.
1: Then it would take one person finding the one error. Oh, you misspelled this word. Ruins the (laughs) entire crossword.
0: I did it in Sharpie. I can't change it now.
1: (laughs) It's forever on my (laughs) wall.
0: Guess I'll have to get a whole nother one.
1: Raspberries.
0: And here we have th- my mark for this is uh, uh, Andrew's ego. So he says he was giving a performance, and uh, I'm just wondering how much of that you believe. I must
3: say, I must congratulate you, my First class. First class. Shaw had me going there for a while. <laughs> for a
0: while. So he, he's he got the little giggle at the end. I find it so adorable. Mm-hmm. I just want to hug him. I don't know why.
1: For reference, he also finds Cartman from South Park adorable.
0: He is adorable. And he's, Bender. They're both adorable.
1: <laughs> the more devious you are, the more adorable Zach will find you. <laughs>
0: Well, Cartman—he's just a little plump fella who likes to spout off weird racisms. Who and... would make
1: you eat your parents for calling him plump?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, and he's got—he's just got an adorable little voice. And uh, Bender—I nobody eat argues. Me. And Bender, uh, don't even get me started, most adorable fellow in the world. But anyway, his <laughs> uh, uh, little wike coming up the stairs uh-huh. and just kind of giggling to him, to his, like, trying to basically, it sounds that, like. That
1: was sh- a good goof. I wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. Trying to convince himself that he was all a part of the joke the whole time. Oh, cheeky. Cheeky. (laughs) Oh, you had me going at first, but mm, I found out.
1: And I played along with you. How did you like
0: my acting?
1: I was so clever, making you believe. I was so scared and impenet. I know.
0: This pee in my pants is fake. (laughs) (laughs) I was carrying around false pee. I knew that you would do this to me eventually.
1: It's water with a tinge of yellow. It's apple juice.
0: I poured this apple juice in my lap. The
1: peasant's apple juice. I wouldn't (laughs) use the good things for this. (laughs) Of course not. For a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a delay. He didn't know what to say. There was a little bit of a delay. He's like, Well, it was a little while. I concede. Oh, God. My microphone has come unwound
1: sporting do you do you need to issue a repair
0: no i'll just hold it for now
1: <laughs> Well, it was quite a while i can see
3: i can see But i got a bit suspicious towards the end you know you, you know did go on a bit i thought
0: <laughs> <laughs> his voice rising at the end i thought
1: <laughs> well when you have that upward inclination at the end of what you're saying it denotes a question yes <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> Oh boy, what's happened? Oh to Boise, me?
1: he really ruined it. My microphone he has broke it good.
0: Has flipping died?
1: He um, unscrewed it because he was unscrupulously moving it to and from his face.
0: Uh, please, listeners, give me a moment. All right, so he's coming into the bathroom to join him.
1: I would never use someone else's deodorant.
0: Maybe he has spare deodorant on him. I guess. He planted it. As well as planting all the evidence, he planted deodorant.
1: I mean, it looks like even fancy deodorant. Like,
0: Did it look like roll-on stuff? Yeah, and okay. then,
1: do guys do that? Do they put deodorant on their chest? Because
0: uh, he
1: does that. And maybe it's scented, and that's think, why. Yeah, I
0: think some people do, and I think it's for the scent, yeah.
1: Mm.
0: If I were going on a big date with someone, I'd apply deodorizer to...
1: Your chesticles? My
0: hair follicles and all sorts of things.
1: Yeah, because he's not only using that, but he's also using aftershave. So, like, he's just going to be a smelly, conflicting mess. Yeah. What
3: did you think of my performance, hmm? Hmm? <laughs> The anguish of the innocent man trapped by circumstantial evidence. It wasn't a performance. <laughs> of course it was. Had to be convincing. <laughs> Apparently, I
4: succeeded. You just don't know how to lose at all, do you, Andrew. All that crap you gave old Doppler about the gentry losing
3: gracefully. Jesus. I, I told you, you you did well. It was really good. Really I good. loved your Inspector Doppler.
4: I'm glad you view the trifling masquerade in that light, sir. In that light, sir. makeup
3: was damn good. First class, you didn't do that yourself, did you?
4: I am a hairdresser, yeah. don't forget. I do have friends in the uh, arts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He gives him a significant look
1: as he zips his fly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In the arts, zip. So, how much of? I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Andrew is was taken in. Oh yeah, the whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, he will not admit it, but yes.
0: Yeah. So that's what I, I. It seems like his authenticity here is similar to his authenticity elsewhere when it seems like he otherwise would be scheming. That's why I think that he comes in and out of being scheming mm-hmm. and he goes into himself. Okay. And, uh, I, I just think that he is a, uh, a, a multifaceted personality and he lives by himself. So he's used to keeping his own company.
1: So that explains all the voices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: I suppose you, uh, sneaked, uh, slipped in here yesterday. while well, I was in Salisbury. Yes. Dumped your clothes into my wardrobe and sprinkled a little.
1: Well,
0: so he dumped the clothes in there.
1: Mm -hmm. He came back. Uh, So.
0: But then that's another thing that why wasn't Andrew like. Because earlier he admitted to putting the clothes there because he was like, well, I didn't want them to just sit in the middle of the floor and he wasn't going to be needing them for a while. But he knows he didn't put those clothes there. So he knows he's being set up
1: yeah I think he addresses that. He's like kind of panicked like he wore them out. I don't know why they're here.
0: Well, I thought he said that uh he picked them up because he didn't he wasn't going to be needing them for a while.
1: He did uh, but he he addresses that um he changed, had brandy and and left so he doesn't understand what's happening why the clothes are still there. He said that mm. um earlier I don't know well, well,
0: with but he makes nothing of it. He seems like he's he's really big on reasoning things, especially with his detective characters, reasoning from small pieces of clues, and that's a rather big clue. He didn't put it there. He knows he didn't put it there, so mm-hmm. what what could that mean? That must mean that oh, someone's I th- setting up. I think him
1: up. he knows that he's being set up. It, it, like he said, I think he said, I don't know who is setting me up, or like he's, he's getting all this stuff kind of live, so he's just having his more uh, naked, basal reaction to it.
0: Right. Um, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't my blood. I know you'll be relieved to
4: hear.
3: <laughs> I got it from a pig's liver. Thought you could have used almost any Dago white.
2: Another oh, I'll Dago. Have that
3: drink now. Of course. Gin and tonic, I think. Ah, you richly deserve it, my dear fellow. Come along.
0: Anyway, um, so...
1: My next is at- Hour forty-three. My timing is a little off from yours, but it's the the stripped more than bare speech because I think that is a beautifully acted scene. Absolutely.
4: In mine, there was no time for bright fancies and happy inventions.
1: Happy inventions. There's
4: stopping for
0: So he's putting on a higher class accent.
4: The only game we played was to survive or go to the wall. If you didn't win, you just didn't finish. Loser, lose all. You probably don't understand that.
3: Understand or not, nothing you've said disproves my point. Look at the way you chose to get back at me, by playing Inspector Doppler.
4: Simple revenge. Paying back in kind. Every WAP knows about
3: that. Well, is honour satisfied? Score even? One set all?
0: Or not? Once at all. <laughs> That's another one of your words. That's a very oh. sinister framing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's he's got stuff in the foreground. Everything is very dark, and it shows him kind of hunched over, angling to the left a little bit, and just his eyes narrowed looking at him. It's very sinister.
4: I know that you stripped me more than naked. I know that you actually terrified me to death. I stood on those stairs looking down and realising that my my coat sleeve button, the banister, the nail on my fourth finger were absolutely the last things I was going to see ever. Then I heard the sound of my own death. Now, that changes you, Andrew. Believe me. And I still owe you for that.
3: It'll pass. It's shot, my dear fellow. Yeah, let me give you... An... I
4: don't want an even score. And don't you give me any of that one set-all-the-games-a-thing-it's-enough-to-take-part the crap. My father just took part. And his father. And his father. Losers. As far back as you can go.
3: Well, it stops with me. With me, the titles start winning.
4: And others start losing. You, for example. Me? Lose what? A new game. My kind. My rules. Played my way.
1: Act three begins. Exactly.
4: Um,
0: Yeah, fantastic performance. Just lovely.
1: There was that raw emotion to that scene that I just, like uh, when we were watching Robert Shaw's kind of raw, there's no music, Mm -hmm. there's nothing. You can hear the little ticking of a clock, but there's nothing. But something that I would propose to you in this scene, the way he was delivering his lines did he already see himself as past? In that moment, I died. It, you know, you the,
0: actually terrified me to death.
1: And in that way, do you think this is a setup for White to actually shoot him? He knows that it's going to be the end result of this game. However, he already considers himself dead. If he already considers himself dead all he can do is bring white down to his level
0: that's fascinating um i like that theory i like that idea i mean i think it makes sense
1: mull it over we can mull it over as we progress through the scenes
0: um yes bon <laughs> i think that is a fantastic thought and i agree with you
1: Ah, thank you hang on <laughs> thank you thank you thank well you. well done allison you like me. <laughs> <laughs> you really like me well i'll go take my sully field elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um
0: yes i think that that's a really i that's a thought i didn't have and i think it makes a lot of sense um However, thinking through the final scene where it was building to him being shot,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I actually had a problem with that, and that explains my problem. Um, I had a problem with the final scene, and your theory explains my problem. Um, I was wondering why young Milo, when he came back to plant evidence, didn't remove all of his bullets and and replace them with blanks. Mm Mm-hmm. To prevent something like that from happening. Um, But I guess it makes sense that he didn't do that if he intended to die. Mm -hmm. And be the final nail in... uh, Wike's coffin. Wike's coffin. I like it.
1: Because what would be more horrible to someone of class than to murder and go to prison? There's no class in prison. Well, there's a different class system in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I've seen, you know... Oz and the wire.
0: <laughs> I've seen uh American History X.
1: Yeah. So
0: That was a brutal scene. Not 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 amusing for a lighthearted podcast. Certainly
1: not. <laughs> no, no. Um so oh uh, hour fifty two um abouts. It, so I don't know how much there's a time difference, but just uh I just wrote the the caption cheeky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's find out what was cheeky. Uh, also, wait, you said it was an hour 52, right?
1: Hour 52. I, I timed it around 50 seconds.
0: Alright, so we've got Wyke hurriedly looking around his place for some planted evidence. I'd like to know how what his electricity bill is.
1: Oh, gosh, the heating bill.
0: The, well, the heating bill, certainly. But well, he's got like so many yeah. electronics that are always plugged in. Oh. And none of them could be efficient.
1: Do you want a hint? Yes, God damn you. <laughs> so soon. Oh, that. Where's
4: my where's list? My
1: list. Oh, I think that's what I was just right. It's like his little For cheeky attitude. Well, he
0: also calls himself a little cheeky devil or Man something
2: here
4: in a moment. What stands before him, he may spy. But optics sharp, it needs, and keen to see what is not to be seen.
1: You said everything was in plain view. Well,
4: aren't I the shifty old slide boots
1: then? The shifty old
0: sly boots then.
1: That's, <laughs> the it, that, that's, boots then. that's what I was <laughs> The shifty old sly boots. I'm you mean. anything but chance, you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Uh,
0: yeah, that was a wonderful moment. Uh, the next one I've got is an hour 55.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a...
0: Oh, and we also have uh, another slur that you missed.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Oh. So I had uh, another question. Yes. So
4: you really oh. are. the salt.
1: So I think that this was uh, hour 55 um, was actually my, my next time mark where he finally says something to the effect of remorse for Taya.
3: Day empty when we go I know it's a pair of shoes! In this case,
4: one lady's left black shoe, size six. The other, I need hardly add, is on Taya's foot. God, poor Taya! <laughs> poor Taya, eh? That's better. Do you know that's the first sign of sorrow you've shown since you heard of her death? Yep. You <laughs> wouldn't put it here anyway.
0: <laughs> he doesn't want to respond to that. Um okay. I'm
3: upstairs Margaret. Salt cellar, send the cellar.
0: All right, so he runs down there to the dungeon. Mhm. cellar. Michael Kane stays upstairs.
1: He's just taking his time leisurely to come down.
0: No, he pulls out this jacket and a hat. Mhm. And uh
1: it was out at the moment that he ran out of the house the first time. It was on the coat rack. I don't know the significance of putting it up there yeah. later, but um, that was on the coat rack when he was there before.
0: Sure, yeah. And I just, yeah, that, the, the significance of him bringing it back out. They, they took their time. Like, he ran downstairs, so he didn't want Andrew to see him doing it. Mm-hmm. And he did that before going downstairs to join him. I just don't know why.
1: Maybe it's Teus?
0: Well, and that was my thought, but.
1: But yeah, I, I, I'm not sure.
0: Because when he comes back up later, he, he doesn't, doesn't notice it.
1: No one acknowledges it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was a test of his observation.
1: It did take him a while to find the eyelash. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Really? I
0: mean, he, there was nothing obviously on the on the thing, and he noticed it winking uh, and, and immediately and realized that there might be something in the eye and, and grabbed it out. Mm-hmm. Didn't think that was too They're
4: bad. And not you, Andrew? Even though the game you're playing is for your own life, you're practically having it off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> en grande Shoot! is the uh, caption we had. <laughs>
4: Myself.
0: you've if got I Spanish shoot, subtitles, where by the way.
4: If I was as black as your hacked. If I was as black as the ace of spades. If I was as black as. Oh! Ah!
1: <laughs> you know, this would make an excellent theme for an escape room.
0: Oh sure, yeah. So here we're going to get a couple uh, slurs.
4: You're getting warmer and blacker. Must be quite a new experience for you. I don't suppose blacks play much of a part in the books you write, do they? Except for the odd eyeball-rolling darkie. There you go. Mm. Well,
1: that was also not used as a slur that he is made to kind of seem to subscribe to because he's admonishing the yeah, uh white like for having that view no, or what he, he assumes it, is that view
0: yeah he's saying that he doesn't write stories with blacks in it or uh, playing dignified characters right
4: he swore the yid
0: swore the yid was the other one and i don't know what a yid is i was wondering if you would
4: um, i was
0: wondering if it was uh short for yiddish so maybe he was talking about just people from the middle east
1: yes it is short for Yiddish. Okay. So it's wow, he's really hitting all the uh, <laughs> all the targets. Yeah.
0: There. Right, there you have it. Um so I was just trying to hit that and then my next one is uh two hours, two minutes. Okay. Anything goes Alright here, he pulls the lever for the second the time. And we see the values. And- right here. Mm-hmm. And see this doesn't seem to A line baby. up with anything. A baby. Marriage. Make friends sickness. too easily, yeah. Divorce, which I guess could make sense, but what really do the other ones do?
4: I I think I can hear something.
1: I like how he's trying to make him panic even more. Just the, I hear something
0: yeah and I it's it's crafty that they start showing everything from Andrew's perspective because obviously there's nobody actually out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I, I picked up on that. so this this whole ruse didn't really work for me. It worked on Andrew. And so I don't know if it was supposed to work on the audience. I don't know if we were supposed to be buying into this happening again, but with so many ruses having already been, you know, shown, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it makes one too cynical, I feel. So I don't know if that was their intention for us to have our backs up. And it was kind of a little bit of dramatic irony where we know what's happening and he doesn't. Um, but I, I certainly wasn't fooled. And I, I, I knew he, since we never saw anything out of the window. And when Michael Caine started doing the officer's voice in the doorway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I knew it was him doing those voices. I mean, he's good at doing them. If my back hadn't already been up, I I don't know, wouldn't have, Been able to tell it was him.
1: Yeah, you didn't question it necessarily.
0: But, um, but I I knew what was going on at that point. They're here.
4: The police are here. It looks like you've had it. They're coming up the drive. Keep them out. Keep the police out. It's just not done, old boy. It's just not done, old boy. I'll try.
3: All right. So coming up, he's looking for
0: <laughs> He's looking for a clue relating to
4: remember in olden days a glimpse of stocking
0: stocking So, I don't know what like obviously Andrew is not a good guy. Mhm. But I feel so bad for him right now.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't.
0: You don't have a heart.
1: Well, no, it's. My sympathy for him ran out the moment he pulled the trigger on Tyndall.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that my sympathy ever ran out for him. Look at his face.
1: Okay. It, he has this kind of blubbering like Cartman face. So Cartman,
0: I, come I, on. It, it. Just because I also think Cartman's cute doesn't mean he looks well, like Well,
1: no, It's that kind of like, I'm a bad guy. I did something wrong. Why am I getting in trouble?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. But look at he's just so... I just want to give him a hug and tell him it's alright. <laughs>
4: yes. ah,
0: so I have a question. Oh, he's trying to figure out the stocking clue and, and he says cool. something that really confuses me.
3: All oh, tights, what? Nylon before nylon, what?
2: So, what else? What else? Oh.
3: Clocks.
0: Clocks. Why? Stockings had clocks.
1: Stockings had clocks? Yeah, I'm not sure how it got that leap.
0: But... I don't even understand how it grammatically makes sense together or syntactically makes sense together.
1: Nor do I. In olden days.
0: In olden days. I mean, it sounds like he's referring to something that was real. He doesn't sound like he's perhaps entirely lost his mind, but that is incomprehensible to me. Anyway, now he's just staring at the grandfather clock and he's going to oh, find yeah. a stocking on it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Um, so my next one is uh two Oh nine. And that's my last
1: Oh yeah, at uh, two oh nine and then I have one more after that, but I kind of um it it my my last one alludes to my theory
0: okay, so the ruse he starts concocting here um has a flaw so he's just sitting in his chair Let's see.
3: You see, Inspector, I was working in my study when I heard a noise in here. So I took my revolver and I came in here to investigate. Here was this young man. Running down the stairs
2: with my wife's
3: fur coat over his arm.
0: He's pulling out his bullets and putting I them under the for revolver. Him
3: to stop. He wouldn't pay any attention, but ran on towards the door, hoping to make his escape. Actually, I fired. I aimed low. Believe me, Inspector, I did. Most appalling thing happened. I shot him dead. That's all right, sir. That's all right, Don't sir. Don't distress yourself unduly. He Things
1: does like a very good Michael Kane. To anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny that he <laughs> is now taking on the voice of Inspector Doppler. When per, uh, Inspector Doppler did not ever exist.
1: You know, this caviar tastes a lot like fish eggs.
0: <laughs> All right, so he's got the coat. So you don't think he intended to just walk out?
1: No.
3: I can't let you go now. What do you mean?
0: So as I said before, he could have, uh, when he was planting the, when uh, Andrew had left to go to the bank, uh, Milo could have come back when he was uh, planting all the evidence and replaced all of his bullets with blanks. So I think that part doesn't make sense unless you assume he wanted to die,
1: or not necessarily wanted to, but already viewed himself in that that way. He 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 knew what he needed to do for an end game,
0: right? So, but he was using his death to uh, entrap. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that could make sense of that. Um, Going about, he's about to use an excuse, or he's about to give a reason why the police wouldn't buy uh, Andrew's
3: Telling everyone.
0: new uh, ruse.
3: It's just not possible. Who, whom would I tell? <laughs> Who'd be interested? One person would be too many, even Marguerite. Especially Marguerite. What are you going to do then, Andrew? Shoot.
0: He said, especially Marguerite in a kind of a small voice. Mm-hmm. Like he does care about her in some way or care about how she views
4: him. Down. Play that old burglar game again. That's right. It wouldn't work now. No. Why not, I wonder? Because of what really happened after I left here last Friday night. Oh. What really happened? I did lurch home. Dazed, dirty and humiliated. And I sat up all night. And in the morning, I went to the police station. And I told them what you've done to me. And one of them, Detective Sergeant Tarrant, oh yes, he's real.
0: So Inspector Sergeant Tarrant was part of uh, his ruse before, and he's bringing him up again, but saying that that's not what happened before, but he is a real person, and he knows about this event. He knows that you did this, or at least I told him that you did, so if I wind up dead, he's going to put the puzzle pieces together. Mm -hmm. There was a better option for him. Um, Earlier, Andrew called a woman named Joyce.
1: Right, the roommate of Taya.
0: She uh, and Tara... Taya. Taya. Uh, know about...
1: This. Mm-hmm. This. Yeah. We're so, led to believe that he did make woo with Taya, and that's how he got the shoe, the eyelash, and the bracelet. Right. And the nylon.
0: But both of those people know about this ruse of Milo's. So if Milo ends up dead, they're going to know what happens. happened.
1: That the revenge plot went sour.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... All of this that would have been a fantastic thing to remind Andrew of. True. But he didn't and Andrew didn't remember it himself.
4: He took me into Which a... seems odd
0: of two intelligent people.
4: And we had a long chat. But I don't think he paid very much attention to anything I said. So I thought to myself, he's not going to do anything about this. No. <laughs> Why not?
3: why not
4: you know the answer to that just as well as i do in his eyes i'm just some common little git who's been screwing the wife of a local knob and got what he deserved so perhaps the police won't come by as they said they would but even if they don't they'd never believed that burglar story of yours not now so you see you've lost
0: so he is actually you confidently can't walking fool out. I
3: not believe any more, love. I haven't believed a single word you've been saying. <laughs> it's the truth. Liar. I'm I'm bitter, Jared, if you don't believe me. You come here and don't announce your intention to steal away my wife. You pry into my manhood. You lecture me on ego noble mind
0: well to be fair of the two of them which has the more ignoble mind
3: yeah really <laughs> <laughs> and you mock the creation of my life Sinjin lord married you
1: <laughs> i'm sorry that name is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> mary dick
3: well they're all real bullets this time mm. the game's over
4: andrew I'm going home now.
0: Jacket again. He was actually confidently walking out. Couldn't have known he was going to get shot.
1: At um, two hours, 16 minutes, and around 40 seconds or so, that, that is what kind of gave me the, the theory that about Milo.
0: All right, so we jumped forward. The police car is right outside.
1: It's this last bit of lying and the smile.
4: Andrew. Don't forget. Be sure and tell them. It was just... A bloody game.
0: (laughs) So I don't know that I totally agree now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that he is somewhat impervious to the idea of dying because he's already mentally died once. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he planned to die. And I don't know that he wanted to die necessarily. But I think that the fear. He was at peace with it. I, ju- I think the fear, yeah, a little bit of peace now, knowing once he was shot that he was going to die, he's happy that he was at least bringing down uh, Andrew also, mm-hmm. um, and he had a lack of fear of dying okay. beforehand.
1: But now the immediate unknowns that White is going to deal with is definitely going to contribute to White's madness.
0: All right, so now we've got the laughing animatronic thing.
1: The alcohol guzzling bear.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's got so many of his toys. Drink. Are to drink, but are from different regions of the world. It feels very uh, imperialist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just got like a Chinese figurine, like a Russian th- figurine. It
1: looks like a Indian. Uh, yeah. Chap.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so many different things from different regions and knowing how xenophobic he seems to be, it just smacks of very imperialist decorating.
1: I would say the only thing that seems out of place is the Poe Award. Like everything else, Poe is American.
0: (laughs) Uh, Didn't he say he had a story about that, why he won that?
1: It was for one of his stories. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's just more of his ego.
1: All of his toys are going crazy.
0: And then his, the sound of his cry here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would have re-recorded that. It <laughs> sounds goofy. It's the, it's the one part of the movie. I thought, like, we're far enough in, I can reveal to you, I really like this movie. Yay! Um, I thought it was a fantastic movie. This very last vocal recording <laughs> of him crying... I think it's so goofy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it definitely plays into the kind of madness of this scene. But yeah, no, he is not, again, not a good crier.
0: Well, there's- no, but I think that the sound of, that he's making is fine. It just goes on so long.
1: Yeah. Well, there's definitely a madness to the feel of the end of this movie.
0: Let's have a listen. So he's already begun weeping.
1: He's just standing amongst all of his toys that are going berserk.
0: And it eventually the movie just cuts him off.
1: Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> enough of you. <gasps> <participation> End intro. <laughs> Ent- <networks> so. Yep. So you liked the film, did you?
0: I liked it. I thought it was all right.
1: <laughs> He's uh, backpedaling. So. <laughs> uh... Oh, sorry. So now we are entering Act Six of our program, which um, was it as good as I remembered? So this is one of the few films that I've seen so recently that, um, yes, there there's not been a lot of time between my first showing and now where I would have really necessarily developed a very firm uh, nostalgia to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a film that was suggested by my good friend Matt, who I've mentioned before, who um has really attributed to some of my viewing of older, older movies. So Sure, yeah. Um
0: So did so what when was the, the first time you saw this movie?
1: About three years ago or so. Three years ago. Yeah. Well, did it contribute something to cinema? I'd say yes. Um, I think it allowed the directors to not fear stage adaptations um, that rely um, on other elements. They um, are allowing us to rely specifically on the storytelling and the acting um, versus vast sceneries.
0: Uh, I think it did add uh, to that roster of movies, that type of movie, a, a good ornament. mm mm-hmm. um, but I'm not sure that it broke any new ground. Uh, So in that sense, I'm not sure what it contributed other than a reinforcement that good movies can be made
1: on the shoulders uh, of good actors
0: of this type on the shoulders of good actors, great directing. Um, So in that sense, sure. Um, But I did like that. It had a lot of thought put into repeating themes, repeating lines and uh double meaning of dialogue and a lot of subtle uh, nuance when it came to revealing the class war that was always kind of bubbling under the surface.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I uh, contributing to cinema, I'm not sure how much it could have or did with a movie like this. Cause it, it, if it had been in the forties, maybe but it was in the 70s.
1: And you know what, Look, thinking about it, um, also the fact that it is not so easily found now. Directors and other people who are in the industry seem to know it, and it seems to have a big following of the people who know about it. But it's not something that's necessarily readily available to others. It's not, you know, we had to get a... DVD off Amazon that seemed to be kind of non-studio sold. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, um, it, uh, it's not on streaming. It's not, it's not as easily found.
0: Sure. Um, well, so, uh, was the language or events, uh, that we find questionable or objectionable in this movie? So obviously we had a lot of different slurs, uh, WAP, Dago, Darky uh, yid
1: so i will say that the language that was used is not digestible to the modern palate in the sense that we had to search and research the slurs because uh, for the most part i didn't know what was technically a slur except by the intention and in use within the mm. film
0: sure I mean, I I was aware of all of them except yid, which I hadn't heard before. But,
1: but you successfully identified what you thought it could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I could make sense of it based on the context, I and, suppose.
1: So it's, I think that those words would probably be changed somewhat um, so they're more digestible and understandable to a broader spectrum of audience. However, the use was always used... Um, Either by White, who we are made to dislike, or use in judging White. I liked White. Well, (laughs) you're an island. (laughs) You you and White can go on your island and not listen to rock music that's classical.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, he likes big band music, right? I don't like big band music. Well,
1: but who would listen to that other than you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, so
0: basically what you're saying is you think that the uh, slurs should be more modern and more upsetting.
1: Right, because it is used to make um, White's character more dislikable.
0: Sure, yeah. Okay, well, I can buy that.
1: Um. So let's get to Act 7, our Rose and Thorn.
0: I wish I had a music cue for this. I feel like we should have...
1: Like some kind of Oscars-y sounding like...
0: Yeah, either that or like a, a clip from a movie where someone's talking about a rose or a thorn.
1: Oh. Or the song Every Rose Has Its Thorn.
0: Is that an old rock song? Should I hate it?
1: Well, it's Axel.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, so, uh, my rose goes to Michael Caine.
0: Michael. No, it's not an actor. It's a character.
1: Oh, sorry. Then my my rose goes to Milo. <laughs> uh, Milo slash Doppler. Um, you root for him and you kind of love the hidden depths, um, of what is supposed to be this simple Lothario character. Like you kind of,
0: I never took him though, to be a Lothario necessarily. Cause it seemed like he was going about it in a way where he knew that the, the husband didn't actually care about the wife and he wanted them to get a divorce and he was going to confront him.
1: But he also acknowledged it and played into it, like leaned into it when he was talking about his clients and his salons.
0: That how was he was leaning into the idea that he was a Lothario?
1: Yeah, he said we give him the old Latin lover kind of appeal. He, he says that in the shop it, when he's talking about the shops.
0: Oh, does he was it at the beginning of the movie?
1: somewhat towards it. And then he said the reason why his London shop is not as heavy handed is because the women in London can actually afford to have a secret lover on the side.
0: Oh, see, I don't remember the line, but I would have assumed that he was being sarcastic or, uh, saying just kind of deprecating about his lifestyle. Not necessarily that he partook (laughs) because later he, um, um, Andrew said that, uh, he was like, "All right, this, this'll be enough money to set you up. You'll have a car and a place in Maui or whatever he said, and a few different mistresses and he's like, "Just because you need those things, you assume that I do <laughs> yeah. um so i I took that to mean that he doesn't need mistresses, and he's not he's not just sleeping around everywhere
1: yeah no, but uh, I think he acknowledges and plays into the stereotype that he um The identity that he has with his shops and everything. So, and my my reasoning for his rose award in this is because I feel like we think there's more to him than that, and we root for him versus um, Mike, who is somewhat unlikable.
0: Sure. Well. Okay. So I also gave my rose award to Milo. so the the rose award is supposed to be for the character who contributed most to the plot resolution and there being only two characters in this movie <laughs> makes <laughs> it really difficult uh especially as they both were kind of contributing to the plot moving along and finally resolving now uh andrew was the one to finish things i guess because he shot milo
1: mm-hmm. um i need to stop cracking my knuckles i'm worried that it's getting picked up by the microphone. Oh, I couldn't actually
0: tell. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm a bad knuckle cracker. You are a cracker. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I kind of, I made a similar notation that I'm like, Oh, I guess in a movie with only two people, there has to be a second best. So sure. The thorn will go to Olivia. I mean, that's kind
0: <laughs> of what I'm saying too. So, I mean, it was, um, but my reason, I think that Milo won out over, uh, Andrew was that he started everything by wanting to marry Andrew's wife and then brought it kind of brought it to a conclusion by playing the game best Mm -hmm. and last. So it was all by his design that it came to be what it was in the end. So Andrew pulled the trigger, but it was kind of Milo pulling the strings and making it end up where it did.
1: Can we also applaud the fact that this was supposed to have taken within a 48 hour period
0: so it started off on what a Friday
1: and ended on a Sunday.
0: Yeah, and uh Saturday was the day that uh Andrew went out to the bank and Milo did all the planting of evidence.
1: Like that that is a phenomenal amount of planning. <laughs> to, to accomplish. Yeah,
0: yeah. Huh. So I guess it's not uh unexpected that there would be a few loose ends like a car. But.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just some non-thought-out plot devices.
0: Right. Um so anyway, and yeah, my my thorn would be uh by process of elimination, Andrew. Um, he certainly didn't inhibit the plot from moving forward or resolving, but I don't think he did as much as uh, Milo did.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's that. Uh, so let's move on to the real rating, or if we want to be disgusting, we can call this real talk.
1: Uh, <laughs> I feel like coffee talk. <laughs>
0: coffee talk. Let's have a little bit of real talk over here. So um, uh, the first category is uh, genre type or genre quality. And I gave two. I gave uh, one for twistiness and one for clever dialogue. Mm. So for twistiness.
1: Mm -hmm. See, I would have just lumped that in with the writing.
0: uh, Well, I mean, sure, I guess. (laughs) But I mean, this is a specific subset of the writing, Mm -hmm. which I guess would be the same for any genre subtype.
1: Okay. So uh, your sleuthy uh, mystery genre
0: Sure, I gave that uh seven out of ten hmm uh because I took points off only because for the car the car, the bullets, and the last leg of things I didn't buy into at all okay not not that I didn't like it that I, did, I and not at any point thought that it was real when yeah. he when he said that he killed taya and uh, when he was having him go around the house looking for the the setup clues, I never bought into that being real okay um but I thought even though i didn 't think it was real, I thought it was well acted and I thought it was uh without having gone back and rewatching to find other things that I thought stuck out to me, I thought it was realistic to have uh to for Andrew to have uh, thought that it was real and be stressed out about it and everything. So I thought it was great. I broke it up into five twists. The burglary setup, Milo's death, Inspector Doppel, uh, and Milo killing uh, Andrew's mistress. And then the final one was at the very end with uh, Milo saying that he told some detective.
1: T- Tattler, toddler.
0: Yeah, whatever it was. Tenant. Tenant. Tenantia. David Tennant. So for the first twist, um, I don't know. We don't have to go into my, I took kind of detailed notes on each twist, but the first one, I didn't buy that it was a burglary. I knew that it was something else for Milo's death. I was convinced at first because I didn't see blood, but I wasn't sure that they wanted to show blood. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if that was a movie thing or not, but I mean, I was, didn't see any reason why he wouldn't have died. And you Uh, did
1: buy into the whole Doppler thing.
0: um, I did. Yeah, I I bought into that. Uh, I was kind of confused why Andrew hadn't pulled the bullet out of the wall or fixed or covered up the bullet hole in the wall uh, when Doppler or before Doppler was kind of looking around.
1: Because in his eyes, Milo was alive. So he He didn't didn't need to. He wouldn't
0: have needed to. Well, still, I don't know. It just seems weird to have just left a bullet hole in your wall.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because he did cover up the other one.
1: But then you have to go to the store and buy putty and just, ugh, oh, what a nightmare.
0: Because the other one that was behind the uh, the picture frame, mm-hmm. he covered that one up.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Because it was the Agatha Christie one, whatever. He, he took that picture down and pulled the other picture up to cover the bullet hole.
1: True. And he also, I don't think...
0: Because he, because... Uh, uh, that
1: was Marguerite's face that got mangled in that, so he may not have wanted to replace it with another picture of Marguerite.
0: Maybe, but uh, he knows that Milo left and could have told the cops that he threatened his life and barely escaped with his life, and then the cops could have come and seen the bullet holes in the wall and whatever. He still could have gotten in trouble. True. For attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, 7 out of 10. Uh, for clever dialogue, I gave it 8 out of 10 because it wasn't just turns of phrase. They illustrated the class war bubbling beneath the surface, uh, imperialist racism toward Italians and other Mm non-English and lots of double meaning. So I thought it was very clever. Very good. So did you give it a genre rating?
1: So I more just kind of left genre as a mystery, um, genre and I gave it an an eight out of 10, but for directing, I gave a 10 out of 10 writing a 10 out of 10 acting. Definitely 10 out of 10 for an overall real rating of 9 out of 10.
0: Um, I gave it a directing 8 out of 10. And the only uh, reason I took off points for directing, which I'm not even sure I should have done, but I thought that there were points in it that lagged longer than they should have.
1: Like the very end.
0: Like his his (laughs) kiss (laughs) was crying at the end. Yeah. Um, no I wouldn't have necessarily taken off a point for that I don't know I think that there were some bits of the pacing that could have been um, tightened up Mm -hmm. so I don't I didn't want it to be a blockbuster you know snapping between everything and you know being totally I don't know manufactured feeling but I thought that there were moments that could have been tightened up a little bit Um, but although maybe I should I'll give it a nine for directing that's what I'm gonna do
1: he's adjusting the score
0: yep real time for writing I gave a 7.5 and he's a tough judge. And acting I gave a 9 out of 10. Okay. I mean it's Lawrence Olivier, come on. What are you going to do?
1: So your overall rating?
0: My overall real rating is 8 out of 10.
1: Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which
0: is the highest rating I've given so far.
1: You know, I'm very <laughs> I talked this movie up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so, I'm glad that I didn't accidentally create a situation where it would have needed to, uh, that you didn't like it or something. Like yeah. That because no, I, of how much I insisted upon it.
0: I thought it was a fantastic movie. I mean, it was, it was hard for me to talk about this movie, um, during the podcast. I mean, we ended up taking up a lot of time anyway. It's over three hours at this point. Oof. We've got a lot of fat we can trim out of it. But, <laughs> but uh, it was hard for me to talk about this one because every scene I just want to be like, yeah, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was nice. <laughs> there was nothing that was, really to pick apart.
1: So uh, I don't, I don't believe you watch community. There's this uh, gentleman who's older, who has a video blog, a, a vlog as you kids would say,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where he rates and reviews things that he gets at his local grocery. And so it's like store brand chips. I liked that. <laughs> good crunch good salty <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's also like Andy from uh, the office he was like maybe I'll be a food critic this food is bad <laughs> <laughs> that painting is bad
1: so and okay so our next movie
0: uh, so wait, wait, you oh, gave sorry. you gave it an overall uh, rating of 10 right
1: yeah. 10 out of 10 yeah. uh, uh, overall real rating 9 out of 10
0: Okay, so you didn't yeah. change at all. So your uh, nostalgia was nine and your real was nine also. Yeah,
1: my justification is because I saw it quite recently consider- compared to the other movies that I'm suggesting for you. Yeah. Um, that there hasn't been a lot of time for me to develop a difference of opinion.
0: So let me ask you this. Yes. Why do you think I gave it one point less than you did? What did you like about it more than I did?
1: Uh, I'm pondering.
0: Should I play the pondering theme?
1: Yes. So I think the reason why I may have stayed the same versus you reducing your your score, not by a huge margin, but um, I think it has a lot to do with... Um, I don't know. Maybe you have more of a critical eye than I do, or uh, your your view of the movie. We had differences of opinions of meanings and um things within the script. So I think maybe.
0: And you you also had a, a ready made explanation for the ending, or at least you you have. I had a theory. Yeah, you have yeah. a theory that makes sense to you the, of of why. Uh, certain events happened at the end, and uh, that explains certain details that I had that I thought were
1: you. You found holes, little yeah. little waffle crevices that you wanted to fill.
0: Little waffle crevices, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I guess I can buy that. I think that makes sense.
1: So, um, our next film, I gave you two options, but I don't know Macaulay
0: Culkin and Korean horror.
1: Yes, so, things that go together. Um, Uh, I I have proposed two movies to Zach Ahead of filming this Recording this not filming Um, And so he has to make a decision
0: (sighs) Okay Macaulay Culkin Korean horror So Um,
1: Korean horror On the fact that we are now in September and moving into Halloween Season or Macaulay Culkin who is not The main character of this movie
0: (laughs) What's the name of the movie Saved Saved
1: with an exclamation.
0: Okay. I think that the fact that we're moving into Halloween season is uh, is reason enough to do a Korean horror.
1: All right. So our next film will be A Tale of Two Sisters. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and give it my nostalgia reading. All
0: right. What's that? How many nostalgias? When was when uh, did you see it first?
1: I first saw this film in college, so back in two thousand six ish.
0: Okay, so Tale of Two Sisters you saw in two thousand six ish, and so that is perfect. You'll, you'll actually be nostalgic. <laughs> you'll actually be nostalgic about this movie. It's true. Um, <laughs> when was the last time you saw it?
1: The last time I saw it was maybe a year or so ago maybe two years ago Uh, okay
0: so it's not completely fresh on your mind it's
1: not completely fresh on my mind so my memory of it will give me i would say an eight and a half out of ten for my nostalgia rating okay um i cannot stress enough if you have not seen it do not read anything (laughs) up on it gosh bless you thank you (laughs) Uh, so don't read up anything about it before watching it. Just watch it. Go into it pure.
0: Uh, does this movie exist on a streaming platform?
1: I believe right now it is on Netflix. Uh, it was also on Prime. Oh, good. I will verify this before you leave because I also own it on the DVD.
0: Good. Uh, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Korean horror. And mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin is not in this one.
1: No, Macaulay Culkin is not in this one. It is a purely Korean cast.
0: All right, so uh, I guess that's it. Unless you've got something else to say about things, you know, this was sleuth. Oof. Ended up being a good movie. And long a very podcast,
1: meaty conversation. <laughs> um, I think this is our longest one
0: yet. Yes, by like an hour.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, we've got stuff to cut out, so it'll be all right. But still, good lord.
1: I'm sorry to all of your backsides.
0: <laughs> um. All right, so the next episode is going to be Tale of Two Sisters. I've been Zachary. You have been who
1: I've been Allery.
0: You've been Allegory.
1: I've been an allegory.
0: (laughs) Please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. And and a
1: comment to read aloud.
0: Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Listen to our new outro music.
1: Before we outro. Uh,
0: Oh, God, we've got other things to do. Oh,
1: just thank you again to Julian Crowhurst at JulianCrowhurst.com for the use of our theme song. Our outro by Mr. Zachary Plumpkin.
0: Goodbye, folks.
1: what a marathon were
0: you <laughs> i know crazy talk all right folks uh, this is if you made it this far you you're weird you're a weird person for having listened this much uh i'm gonna add a little bonus stuff on the end of this bonus so enjoy you made
1: it bye bye it over we can mull it over as we progress through the scenes
0: This is my thinking music.
1: Is this is an original composition by Mr. Zack. We're both doing a shoulder dance. It's all about the shoulders. <laughs> I, I hope we're gonna cut some of this because <laughs> that's just a lot of. Uh...
0: <laughs> I was thinking about putting it at the after the uh, outro. Gotcha. If anyone continues to listen, they're just gonna get this weird bit. <laughs>
2: what, what the hell? <laughs> um, yes.